This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. Tottenham Hotspur have just beaten Leeds United 4-0 Ellen Road. Before I introduce my guest this evening to talk about today's game, if you don't subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button and also like the video. If you um, would like to listen to this show on an audio platform, it is now available on the likes of Spotify and Amazon Music. Now let's introduce the special guests and they are all smiling because Tottenham Hotspur have won 4-0 today. Let's start with uh, actor Ricky Norwood. Ricky, how are you? I am tremendous, my friend. The champagne's back in the name. It's out. It's chilling. I'm a happy guy today, man. We needed that. We needed that. And I'm just, the four goals were beautiful. The performance was gorgeous. You know, it was a real team performance today. And um, I think that that kick up the backside from Conte midweek and for, for however long he's been kicking up the backside is starting to pay off. Do you know what I mean? Because you saw a real determination from the whole team today, which I'm just ecstatic with today. Ecstatic. We've also got Richard Whitehead, MBE, with us. Of course, Paralympic gold medalist. Richard, how are you? And currently on uh, Celebrity Hunted, I might add. I am, yeah. Yeah, it's um, week five at the moment. So, yeah, obviously really happy with today's result. Even happier with your new haircut. Looks awesome. <laughs> Because obviously you need to keep that, keep it going. <laughs> Haircuts always get the win, Rich. That's what it's all about. Um, we've also Definitely. got Cat Lucas. Um, Cat, thanks so much for joining us for the very first time on this show. Uh, sports journalist with the I newspaper. How are you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm relieved. I think. Not, I'm not. I don't know if I'm as excited as the other guys. Just. Uh, I thought you know it could be one of those like, will it be Doctor Leeds or Doctor Tottenham? So mm. glad it went yeah. that way. I had a haircut as well, actually. So that you know and. It- <laughs> Bernie game. So, if I knew that would have worked, I, would, I could have gone earlier. <laughs> Thanks Cat, for having before, me. 
Before we talk about the football today, tell everyone um, about what it's like being a sports journalist and, and tell everyone about your brand new book, uh, Tottenham from the Lane, the story of Spurs in N17. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'd like to say I'm an utterly unbiased sports journalist, but I don't know if that's... Uh, <laughs> clearly, I'm here talk, talking about Spurs. So, yeah, the book came year um little copy of it here bit of product placement um it's called Tottenham from the Lane story of Spurs and N17 um and it's all about the local history of the club for for those either who are you know either local people or those who aren't quite so well acquainted with them with Tottenham the place and with Heron Gay and begins in 1882 and goes all the way up to the the new stadium and stops at Nuno unfortunately so we haven't quite squeezed in uh, in Antonio. Kat do you cover Spurs very much? I do, yeah, do a fair bit of bit of Spurs home and away, um, which is um, obviously uh, an up and down uh, roller coaster at all times. Uh, but um, yes. you know, so it's been a fascinating few months under Conte, particularly. And obviously, you know, you you don't know what he's going to come out with next after after the other night. So hopefully, uh, yeah, he'll be feeling a little bit happier after today. But you know, it's been fascinating to hear given how he started at the club and then how you know yeah. since since the last few weeks it's been a slight uh, reality check i suppose so he's a he's a fascinating manager to to speak to we will go through all of his comments cat uh, no doubt whatsoever um richard let's start with you um now of course goals today from matt doherty kulishevsky harry kane and unmin son conte said after the game the fans deserved this type of performance it was the right response now rich Give us your thoughts on today's match. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting what he said. Um, obviously, <laughs> the first thing that uh, really resonated with me was he said, we've we've been working together for four months now and for the first time, <laughs> the players are actually buying into my philosophy. So um, that was really interesting. Um, obviously, with the wing-backs bombing forwards and uh, uh, Matt Doherty isn't my favourite player, but... Uh, Apparently, it was his best uh, performance under Conte today. And that's saying something because the other ones were very crap. Um, So, (laughs) 4-0, it flatters us a little bit. I think we were a little bit um, um, naive in in some quarters, um, but it could have been 9-3. Conte's obviously very passionate. He's a brilliant manager. Tactically, he's starting to really get into the players' mindset around what he actually wants. And uh, Matt and Ryan Sessegnon really played well today, to be honest. And uh, even Harry Winks put in a great shift and is one of, obviously, uh, Conte's reliable players. So, uh, for me, 4-0 was... I, I think, you know, when you're watching a game and you think, this could be like the sacking of uh, Bielsa... Or Conte yeah. could walk. It was one of those games. Um, I'm obviously pleased that we, we came out of the traps really quick and uh, showed our intent. And that's what I really wanted after the poor game against Burnley. How would you describe this last week, though, Rich? You know, beating, the, beating the Champions Manchester City last weekend. Of course, Burnley on Wednesday. Huge disappointment. And now today. How would you describe this week? Well, um, when I was watching the Man City game, and obviously... Giving away the penalty, and I had a mug in my hand. I was literally just about to throw it at the TV screen, and then my missus was like, "Going, 
calm down, calm down, you've still got some time. And I'm like going, what's she talking about? She doesn't watch Spurs that often. <laughs> anyway, then we get the winner and I'm like jumping like 12 metres off the sofa um, and then thinking to myself, look, let's check the lead table. That's kind of got Burnley. We probably roll Burnley over. Then all of a sudden, it's pissing it down with rain, freezing. I'm going, my goodness, this isn't going to... I don't know, I, in the back of my head, I thought... This is not great. I, I, I was like, if we get a draw, I'd be happy. But then to get beat and just scruffy as well. And obviously we had chances to win the game, um, but it just wasn't going to go our way. But this is the consistency that obviously Conte is talking about. We just haven't yeah. had it. Um, and we just need to find that consistency. And I think the trust as well between the players, obviously, when when we're moving forwards with the ball, I always sometimes feel that that Sonny or or Harry don't have the confidence to lay it off to some of the other players to obviously finish. Like obviously, Doherty did today, brilliant. Sessegnon still needs a little bit more confidence in front of goal, but he's getting in those positions now and worked really hard. I think for me, the week's been emotional. I'm tired. I'm tired. My eyes, I've got bags under my eyes. It's been like a really emotional and tiring week, but uh, pleased that we got the win today. It's always emotional. It's always tiring supporting Spurs, isn't it, Ricky? Sure. Give us your thoughts on uh, on today's match and the past week. Oh, well, I mean, the past week is, is as our friend, um, friend of the show and friend of Last Word on Spurs, uh, Lee McQueen always says, it's the crazy train. It's the crazy train of Tottenham. And you know, like the 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 bad performances I've said before are a bit of a trait within Tottenham right now. You know, it's become a little bit normal. So when they play above themselves, that's become the abnormal right now. <clears throat> but we're trying to shift that. We're trying to shift that. So, you know, we are gonna have up and down games and stuff like that. But I think the the fact that Conte came out so so passionately and so, you know, vicious as well he was vicious and he was honest and you know he's he's been saying some stuff that all of us fans have been saying on on the pod and you know over the last couple of months and stuff like that and and I think finally the boys had enough they had enough of like feeling like this and, and being this way and the the determination from the boys from the kickoff today was fantastic you know they they definitely had something to prove they were definitely playing to not just show Conte, but show us fans and, and themselves and prove something to themselves that they, they are a good side and they can do something. You know, Kulisevsky today was a man possessed, you know, he, he, from, from kickoff today. He was a man possessed. He wanted to just show everybody what he was about. You know, he, he had skill. He had de- determination. He was calm. He was collected. He didn't do obvious passes. You know, he was a problem on that right-hand side there, which, again, gives Harry and Sonny uh, confidence to, like Richard was saying there, to kind of lay it off and, and pass it on because they know they're going to get either a good cross or something back. So it was great to see the team's performance today. You know, Conte's been waiting for those wing-backs to click and this system to start clicking. They've been working very hard and they've been trying to implement it, but sometimes they all play with fear. They don't want to make the mistake, and which will encourage the opposition. I mean, we would normally concede at that point. But today they wasn't having it, you know. And yes, there was a few moments within the game where Leeds could have scored. Yes, and I'm sure we'll get onto that. But the boys were determined, and it, and I think it, it it kind of sums everything up with that first goal. You know, full back to full back, Sessignon, little bit by little bit, he's gaining more confidence, he's gaining more fitness, he's gaining a little bit of like reliability 
Conte has said many a time in press conferences that he sees him as a, you know, as, as a really good player and potentially a really good player, but he's the one that has to believe it. So little bit by little bit, he's getting this and you're seeing it. He, he was a great cross to Doherty and Doherty, like Rich, you know, he's not my favourite player either. You know, he, in the whole time he had that 45 minutes against Leicester, I thought, all right, cool. That was nice to see, but who knows what's going to happen next. I can't remember the next game he played. He Again, he was anonymous. He went back to the same old Matt Doherty that we, that we know. But today... He was up for it. He had something to prove, as well as every one of those boys. Winksy, another another one that just kept, kept pace today. He was very busy. He was looking for the forward pass. You know, he was there getting blocks in and little tackles in. You know, it, I was just really happy with the, with the whole team. The defence looked solid. Uh, again, Dyer, Romero, uh, Davies with that block, you know, to, to kind of save Hugo at, um, when, when Hugo messed up. Yeah, as well as the attacking play that we had today was just tremendous. Harry Kane and Sonny were on a different planet today, and you could see that, you know, we'd lost a lot of family connection and we'd lost lost a lot of brotherly connection where they were looking out for each other and they were playing for each other under Poch. And today you started to see that. You started to really see that. Even when Harry scored, you know, Sonny's pointing at him and he's like, "Oh, when Sonny scored, apologies." Harry's pointing at him and they're like. Because they know they just become record breakers and, and they're looking for this now. So it was just tremendous to see, bro. I was really kind of really pleased to see that today and really glad that I could come on tonight and talk about it. But it's finally starting to click. They've had enough of, of being, you know, that, that also ran team. They had enough of being the, the, the butt of the joke. And they're, they're like, all right, cool. Let's go and show a proper performance. Let's go show that we care. Let's go show that we're about this. You know, not just to Conte, but to the fans and the club and everybody else and every one of their teammates. So, bro, I was a happy guy. But yeah, the crazy train, as Lee McQueen always says, continues. It was certainly a solid performance. Kat, let's come to you next. Now, before the game, Antonio Conte was asked by journalists, what do you want out of today? He said a good reaction, a good performance to show great character and a great result. He got every single one of those things. How many times have us Spurs fans heard that, you know, we need or, or, or have said, we need a good response and we very rarely got it, but we certainly got it today. Yeah, we absolutely did. And I think Leeds was the perfect game. I mean, City, we, we do tend to play well against City, you know, no matter what the table looks like, you know, even, you know, first game of the season, Nuno, so many times under Pep, yeah. like they seem to come unstuck against Spurs. And then you've got Burnley in midweek. And then, like you say, it's a cold Wednesday, you know, nasty night in Lancashire. And you think, oh, here we go. So Leeds was perfect. You know, they're expansive. Looks like this could be the end of Bielsa as well. So we we have kind of got them at the perfect time. But having said that, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's Leeds, you know, this this is the best time to play them. But so many individual performances. Kane, absolutely world-class. The way he teamed up with Son at the end there. Like you say, even, even Davis coming in. Doherty, I have a little bit of a soft spot against all opinion because I just think like... <laughs> <laughs> They're faces, Kat. They're faces. <laughs> so, it's a, my defense, it's the first first fan I've ever heard say that, bro. It's the first I know, time I've ever I'm heard just that. Being like devil's advocate, but right. So, <laughs> decent player at Wolves comes in, and people say, "Why have we? Why have they bought him? Because he doesn't fit in Jose's system particularly well. He doesn't know if he wants him as a wing back, as a full back. He doesn't know where he's putting him. So you think, okay, that, that's not ideal. Then he's out the team." Then he comes in and then even now it's like, you know, they've bought in Emerson and that hasn't worked out particularly well either. He played on the left for Ireland. So you think, OK, is he meant to be on the left? 
then Conte puts him on the left, and that was a disaster against against Chelsea in the cup. So I think he has had a difficult time of you know if if they said now okay do you know what he's wing back going forward over Emerson, I think we might start to get a few results potentially because what a finish that was today his goal the way he took it was absolutely unbelievable Sessegnon as well again when he came off against Wolves I thought that's going to you know what's that going to do for a young player's confidence you know 20 minutes in coming off but Sessegnon the way he's come back from that and and to be fair to Conte he's persevered with him as well because there's so you know a lot of managers would have thought he's not up to it you know again he's been out in and out of the team he's come in it's been a difficult start for him and he, he, the way he went out there today, he was confident. He really took it to Leeds. Again, in the middle, again, Winks did well. That could have been a disaster. Bentancur out so soon. But Winks played. I thought Winks was so solid. New boys, Kulishevsky doing well again. So, yeah, just so many positives. Kat, let's stay with you. I want to talk about the starting eleven because, of course, Conte made two changes today, as you said. Doherty coming in for Emerson Royale and Harry Winks coming in for the injured Bentancur. Um, now, when asked about why he's changing the fullbacks, he said, we're playing lots of games every three or four days. Wing-backs run a lot. They need to recover. Now, the starting eleven: Hugo Lloris in goal, the back three of Romero, uh, Dyer and Davis, wing-back Sessegnon and Doherty, uh, in midfield, Harry Winks and Pierre Mihoibier, and the forward three of Kulishevsky, Harry Kane and Hunmin Son. Now, so many Spurs fans, particularly over the last couple of months, have said, well, we haven't got the players for Antonio Conte's system, um, yeah. i.e. the wing-backs, Doherty and Sessegnon. Now, when you're talking that um, Emerson Royale is sitting on the bench, Sergio Regulon is sitting on the bench, were you surprised by this starting eleven today with Doherty coming in? I was. I think Regulon, I was surprised not to see him start. Um, but again, Conte doesn't seem to have been completely consistent there. I'm not sure what he thinks of him as a player. Emerson, I haven't been totally convinced by, if I'm honest. And I think sort of going forward as well, he doesn't seem to, if we're going to be that dependent on the wing-backs, I don't personally think Emerson has offered enough going forward. He's had quite a few few shaky moments there as well. I think the one thing, if you've got Dyer in, Dyer makes such a difference, you know, just at centre-back with Romero, because then you're not going to be as exposed down that side. So I think I think having Dyer back is massive, regardless of how we play and whatever the system is. I think you, you see the difference immediately when, when Dyer's in, in that uh, defence. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sergio Reglon's an odd one. Like, I... I would have expected him to start. Um, Sessegnon did fantastically well coming in, but I, I'm not entirely sure what the, the thinking was there. But if it is, like you say, just because we've had so many games this week and, and coming up as well, it, you know, it's, it's possible that it's it's nothing more than that. But um, I think maybe he gets exposed away from home. I think that's the maybe the feeling yeah. that they were looking for a little bit more steel at, at the back and uh, Doherty is a little bit more uh, disciplined defensively, I think. I, I just wanted to ask, Kat, who who do you think the best fullbacks at the club are, in your opinion? Ooh. Well, I feel like I've got to say Doherty now after my little <laughs> little speech. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Regulon, I would say typically, but um, if you know, and you can have Davies kind of on the left of that back three as well. But um, yes, yeah, Sessegnon, I think there's a player in there, but obviously, yeah, if you're going for your your best eleven, you'd have Regulon. I between Doherty and Emerson, I mean, it's kind of been slim pickings, hasn't it? You know, yeah, for want of a better word. But um, I suppose 
Emerson seems to be the first choice, but I I, I don't know if that's going to kind of switch switch up a little bit now. But um, yeah, it's I, I think we we haven't done enough on on that right side, unfortunately. I know there was even a bit of talk about uh, Kulishevsky if he could kind of fit in a little bit deeper yeah. as well. But I mean, you know, that's when he's he's scoring for fun at the minute. It seems like yeah, a bit wasted, right, though. So, yeah. yeah. Rich, let's come to you. Um, your thoughts on the starting eleven, and uh, particularly uh, the performance of Matt Doherty, who, of course, uh, I know we'll, we'll talk about the first goal in a minute, but um, you know, wonderful taken goal. Yeah, and no, I think um, he was he's looking for obviously a really strong unit from the back, um, and obviously with with Doherty and Sessignon, he's got a little bit more confidence of the discipline uh, from those two, I, I, I believe especially with the back three as well. And obviously Davis kind of sweeping up um, if they get caught out. Um, I think when I looked at the starting 11, I was I was just a little bit midfield. Have we got enough in midfield to, to be creative enough? But that's the creative question that we always have uh, when we chat about our starting 11. And then obviously Harry comes comes into that number nine position and then just controls the game from there as well as scoring the goals he's yeah been fabulous on the ball as well um I think with what obviously you look at the bench the bench is uh a little bit weak um uh, we've not got many weapons on the bench um I'd really like Bergwijn to score today um just for his confidence um but when I saw the starting 11 I know how poor uh, Leeds have been I watched the uh the Liverpool game and I thought we'd do quite well with him, to be honest. And obviously, really wasteful in front of goal. Um, obviously, worked really hard. Did man mark for, for 90, 95 minutes, make it really difficult to play. But um, at the end, obviously, we won, won the game and I think we won convincingly, to be honest. Ricky, same question to you. Happy with the starting eleven? I mean, yeah, with, with the with the with the guys that we've got out already, um, <clears throat> it made sense today. On Sessegnon, I think he's still recovering from COVID. I think he was probably on the bench in, just Regulon. in case. Regulon, yeah. Sorry, <clears throat> yeah, we co- yeah. So I think he was he's still recovering from that, and I think that Conte probably put him on the bench just in case we needed him, but we wanted to give him a little bit extra time to recover and get back up to speed. Um, so I think that's why he didn't he didn't play today. Um, and then, like, obviously, Winksy was in there because Bentecourt had that, that nasty slip against uh, Burnley. So, you know, these boys come in and Skip's still out. So, you know, they, they, they kind of make sense. So I, I wasn't kind of aggrieved um, against it. I was a little bit surprised to see Doherty in there. But, you know, again, he, he, when he does well or when anyone does well, I think it's right, only right for us to credit him and give him credit for a good performance. Sure. Let's not use our past bias and what we know from last week or the week before to kind of judge him on. Let's judge him on today's performance. Mate, I struggle with that with Doherty, though. I know, me too. Me too, Rich. Me too, I know, because there's so many... Cat's a number one fan, but I'm struggling with that. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm with you. But it, cause it's, it's just because there's been so many performances where he hasn't really turned up. And, um, you know, he, it's looked like he's played with a bit of fear and, and way within himself. It looked like a short pass or a cross or, you know, an overlapping run just seemed like out of the ordinary for him. It just seemed like he was very fearful to do that. So when you've seen many performances since he signed, that's all you've got in your head. But today, he played well. So you've got to give him that. And that right side is up for grabs. I think him pushing Emerson and Emerson pushing him and not none of them have really grabbed that 
that right wing back role as yet. You know, um, I, I think that could work for us and work for them. Emerson's only just got here. You know, he's still learning the language. He's still got to learn. Get he's getting used to the 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 prem a little bit by a little bit. There's been some good performances and there's been some mm. out there performances. There's been some. I think it holds on to the ball a lot, doesn't it? A bit, a bit too yeah, long, he, I think. Yeah. He does, and uh, but you can see like he's trying to implement the 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 tactics that Conte is is is, is implementing himself in training, sure. which is get up the wing, which is get across in, which is be there for the overlap, which is be there. You know that that goal today, the first goal, Sesson Young to Doherty, is what we what Conte's been waiting for for a long time because he, we know it. Looking at that, looking at the games that those players have been empty. There's been many a time that they've been empty, whether the ball's on the left side, all the game's on the left side, and you've got Emerson or Doherty empty on the right-hand side or the other way around. But today, it's starting to click. And I think that that type of performance, and yes, we was up against Leeds, who are in a, in, in a bad spot right now, but that also can be a dangerous spot, and especially for Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? Because we know we've been, you know, Burnley, they've only won one game, right? Until they, until they saw us. And then, you know, they, they came up with a 1-0 winner. Okay, great. So it could have been dangerous today because they've just come off of that 6-0 loss against Liverpool. And they could have been up for it. They could have been... Uh, they probably had a rollicking from Bielsa during the week. And they, they probably had a lot to prove, you know, to get the points because they're in a relegation uh, kind of battle right now. But also for the fans and for Bielsa and everybody else. So it could have been dangerous today. And they could have scored today. Do you know what I mean? They could have had a couple today. You know, they hit the woodwork twice. Larice's, um, you know, kerfuffle. You know, there were opportunities for him today. But we went out there and, and we showed them what we was about. Every Hoiberg today as well. Another man possessed. Another man possessed, whether it was defensively or trying to push that ball forward. Look at the ball he put in for, what was it, Harry? Did, did he assist Harry, I think it was yeah. today? So, I mean, like, it was good to see the response. It was good to see that they cared. It was good to see that when other people that are not our first teamers come in, they come in to grab the chance. Do you know what I mean? That's encouraging. And I think that's going to push the squad if, until the end of the season. Kat, let's come to you. Now, a couple of injuries and suddenly our substitute bench seems quite light uh, in terms of quality and experience because the sub bench today... Um, Austin as the goalkeeper, Emerson Royale, Sergio Regadon, Joe Roden, Davinson Sanchez, Harvey White, Alfie Devine, Stevie uh, Bergvine and uh, Dane Scarlett. Um, what do you make of the overall squad? Is this squad good enough? Uh, you know, dare I say it, and I'm not going to get carried away here, but is it good enough to finish in the top four? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to say to win a trophy, to be fair, Chris. Well, do, you know, do you know what? I, I, I put loads of stuff on Instagram earlier and, and everyone's like, Chris, don't get carried away again because, of course, we were on such a high last week and then Burnley, we, we, you know, come tumbling down. And now today, you know, Kat, are you the sort of person to get carried away by, by a win like this today? I mean, for the next kind of maybe couple of days and then it will be back down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was about to say, you know, that will be a nice uh, bump back down to earth on Wednesday. So, um, I mean, yeah, on, on paper, that squad is questionable at best isn't it you know if you if you're contact luckily you know the thing is you know that set piece in about like what second third minute if that had gone in and we're yeah. one down and Conte's looking okay what am I going to do here 
what what would you do? You know, I suppose there's Bergwijn on the bench, but other than that, but I suppose this is the thing, isn't it, that Conte is saying about building. So he's let four go last month, only got two in. So I, I know he said that comment, like, well, on paper, we are weaker just in terms of numbers. So you haven't even got, like, you know, your delis and those kinds of players on the bench who at least, you know, it's kind of a name. Whereas now, yeah, like you say, we're, we're down to so many youngsters. But, um, I mean... This squad, the, the thing is that the top four, if you, you know, United have gold, you know, nil all against Watford today. So no one's, it's one of those seasons where like no one seems to to want it. So it's not beyond the, the realms of possibility. I suppose the question then is if we do get in the top four or even, you know, top six, whatever happens this season, what then happens? How does Daniel Levy then, what does he do this summer? Does he say, okay, look at this squad. This is going to be in the Champions League next year. So I mean, yeah, on on paper, it's uh, it's not looking fantastic. It's not the most exciting. You know, the options on the bench are not there as it stands. But again, like you say, that is with you know without Lucas and you know without uh, Ben Tanker. So we we have kind of we 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 are weaker for that. But yeah, you you would think that Conte is going to be looking at this squad and and questioning that. I suppose we've got a good run of fixtures as well, haven't we? Coming up, so that that may be a chance for. For players to gain those conf- that confidence, and uh, like like today, like with Doherty and and, and Sessegnon, to actually uh, improve their their performances on the pitch and show actually what they can actually give to the team. I I, th- I think uh, the players that you got rid of really, they were just bench warmers. Uh, they weren't contributing anything on the pitch. Obviously, Delhi's done nothing when he's gone to Everton, uh, even though he's got limited minutes. Uh, Le Celso, what did he actually do at the club? Um, uh, so I, I just think Conte was, had had enough with with those players and knew that they weren't actually contributing to to his philosophy on the pitch. Kat, can I just come back to you on what you said about Daniel Levy in the summer? Because you know we're we're all expecting a big summer. Uh, you know, with, with lots of players coming in. Are you? Uh, I mean. <laughs> It has to. It has to happen, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it, it ought to happen, but whether that means that it will happen, I mean, they're two different things. Um, I, d- I don't know, to be honest. I think it depends on the market. I know that's a bit of a, a cop-out almost, but I think I don't see Daniel Levy suddenly chucking money at this if, you know, just because of Conte. Didn't do that last month. I don't know what the discussions have been there. Um, but again, likewise, because there just wasn't any value in the market. There, there wasn't anyone that we could bring in for our budget. And if there isn't in the summer, then I don't know, maybe one or two big signings. But I don't I don't. There's a part of me that wouldn't be that taken aback if it was actually a quiet summer again. You know, maybe I've just been let down too many times over the last few years, but I could see it, you know. But obviously, looking at this squad on paper, there are so many opportunities that you'd be thinking you know con- that Conte would be looking at um yeah but ha- having said that it's it's a particularly odd climate at the minute you know particularly two years of Covid and, and the impact that's had and so I guess it it, it depends but look at as, games like today when you do look at that squad and you say you've taken out a couple of first team players and that's the the, the squad is kind of down to the bare bones but um, I think, think like you said there, Ricky, like the one thing is that now these these kind of squad players are coming in and they're actually, even if, you know, they're either doing a job or that there's a purpose to them coming in. 
Whereas I remember like Winks doing an interview after just sort of at the end of Nuno or maybe just after Nuno had been sacked. And he said that it felt in the squad like there was the first 11 and then you mm. were like the, the second 11. And there was no kind of blurred between. And he was like, you know, it just kind of makes you feel like what's the point if you're going out to Slovenia on a Thursday, but you know there's absolutely like no matter what you do, you're not playing on Saturday because you're not the 11. Whereas now I feel like that's kind of, you know, people are being given those opportunities. And then when they are coming in, obviously not consistently, but t- today, for example, there was a couple of positive performances from players who we haven't seen that from so far. So, you know, we'll have to see on Wednesday, I guess, if that means he sticks with a couple of people like Sessegnon and, you know, gives them those minutes, you know, to, to continue building that confidence, I guess. Kat, I've got to ask you while you're on. Obviously, you're a journalist with the I newspaper. Someone like Antonio Conte must mm. be like a, a journalist dream because you can always get so many articles written by a manager, you know, of all of his comments. What have you made of his comments um, this week? I mean, the thing is, when he came in, I think so many Spurs fans were saying, like, this is going to be fantastic because he'll say it how it is. You know, there's going to be no beating around the bush with the board and, and with the levels of investment. and And that is what we've seen. I suppose it's it's been confusing, you know, speaking to him when on Saturday he says these are the best players I've played with in a long time. And then on Wednesday he goes and says, effectively, I don't know if there's anything I can do with this squad. I don't even know if I'm capable of, of sorting this mess out. So, yeah, it, he's fascinating to speak to. But obviously, I think he he's an emotional person. And he himself said after the Burnley game, looking back a couple of days later, was like, oh, no, you know, I didn't. Didn't mean that, you know, I was never going to walk away. Um, But that is what he said. You know, there's no kind of two ways about it. They weren't sort of particularly um, kind of cryptic quotes. That is what he said. You know, he he did discuss his future. So it's an odd feeling, isn't it? Because Antonio Conte's never in a job for, he's not like a dynasty kind of manager. You know, he's always there like, you know, two, three years. So when when he came, I think we always thought this is going to be for a good time, not a long time, but... um, that could be less of a long time than maybe we uh, we anticipated. I guess it, ha- it depends what happens on Wednesday. We might be talking about this on Wednesday and be like, oh, no, he's, it's happened again. So, um, yeah, it's it's an odd one. But, you know, it, it's fascinating because so many managers are so guarded and they, they don't give those kind of quotes. So he does. He completely says it how it is. And, and I suppose, yeah, it's what a lot of people want to hear because it is, it's the hard truth, unfortunately, when he sees a performance like that against Burnley. Like, you know, what what else is there to say? Did, did you notice, Kat, you, you were talking about Antonio Conte possibly leaving and Richard went straight to the beer. Richard, <laughs> how, how are you feeling about Antonio Conte's comments in the, in the last few days? No, you know that I, I love Antonio Conte. I think it's um, it's a breath of fresh air as well because as fans as well, sometimes you get the, the wall pour, poured over your eyes around uh, the ability of the squad and, and the kind of direction where he's kind of to the point and... Yes, he's emotional, but what are we like when we lose? We kind of it's there, isn't it? And we, we, I think for a manager, especially the problem with Antonio is is those comments are always pitch side when literally he's pulled or we need to do your post match interview, and at that point he's pissed. He's like literally trying to rip somebody's head off. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously you saw what he was like after Man City. Obviously the jubilation of, of scoring that last minute goal. And then, obviously, the opposite of Burnley. Um, as a professional athlete, I, I prefer the honesty, the transparency. 
of of coaches, managers. Um, I, I was going to say, Rick, because you, he's so used to winning. He's so used to winning every single place he's gone to. You're used to winning as a professional athlete, so you must understand that. Yeah, yeah. The tools he's got there, I think, the, um, like Kat was saying, the, the, the squad that he's got isn't obviously what he's used to. Uh, he's been sold a project from Levy, and he must have been guaranteed um, some financial backing moving forwards, especially if he's going to be at the club for at least three years, which is what I think. Um, and he's identified areas of the squad that needs building, and he's he's looked at players that he wants to build the squad around, like hopefully trying to keep Harry and, and Sonny and, and the likes. Um, we still need so many players, though. I think what 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 we get used to is we get used to kind of substandard performances or players elevating their performances for one or two games. Where if we're talking about the top four, we need to have some players that come in that literally give us those eight, nine out of ten performances week in, week out. Like Davis, yeah, he does a job, but he's not a top four player. Neither is. Uh, Royale, neither is Doherty. Uh, Sessignon's got the opportunity. Uh, he's got the talent. Um, and then Harry Winks, I think he's he's been in and out the the door potentially for the last three or four years. So whether he'll he'll stay at the club and, and be an Antonio Conte player, or be like Dele Allen, we, we shift him off to, to a player like uh, to a team like Everton at some point. I I think Conte is. The manager that can take us forwards, uh, Jose definitely wasn't. I, I, you know what I, I feel about Jose? Just like the arrogance, I, I don't like that. It wasn't a right fit for Spurs. And Nuno, you've only just, said it once or twice. I've said every time I come on, I always bitch about him. And Nuno, it just was a stopgap that just wasn't right at all. And um, I don't think I think Spurs was a different level than what he would uh, coached at before. And uh, the expectation of the fans, he just didn't really live up to that. Ricky, let's come to you. Were you surprised when you heard Antonio Conte's comments uh, after that Burnley match? Yes and no. Um, more the way that he said it. Uh, but I, I, I didn't listen to it straight away. So, you know, once that game was done, I turned it off in a little bit of a sulk, in a little bit of an emotional state myself because, you know, us as fans, and you can try to explain it to non-football fans about the emotion and how much your team is like family. Do you know what I mean? So... When they win, there's an elation and, it's you know, there's a pride and, you know, you're happy and the chest is high. But when they lose, it's like a punch in the gut. And it's like, you know, to, to a non-football fan that has no interest in football, they'd be like, are you all right? It's just, it's just a game or it's just football. And you're like, no, <laughs> you don't understand because, you know, we, we fall in love with our team. And for con- so when I watched it later, I watched, I watched your interview first on Sky Sports, Chris, which you've done fantastic with. Well done with that, my friend. Smashed it. And, and um, it was after that that I saw it. And you know what? Like, really and truly, he, he's a bit like us. He's a bit like us as in fans. You know, when you lose like that, or when we've been losing, it hurts him. It's a punch in the gut. He's not like Rich was saying there. He's not just going to be like one of those managers that, that roll out the same old quotes. Well, you know, we're going to try hard in training next week. Or, well, you know, we're going to try and 
you know, rectify the situation. Well, you know, we'll go again next week. It's so all the same little quotes that we're used to, all the same cliches that we're used to. He's not about that. And like Rich said there, if you grab him straight away after the defeat, straight away after the game, you're going to get that type of emotional outburst. And this is the kind of light and dark of, of Conte. Yeah, this is what comes with him. Everywhere he's been. At Inter Milan, he won, he won the championship there. And then, you know, the owners were like, we're going to sell A, B and C. We're going to basically weaken the squad that he's just built. Championship winning squad. We're going to do that. And he's like, you know what? No, I don't think so. It, I don't care how much you're paying me. I don't think so. Not with me. Do you know what I mean? And so his emotion took him away from that job. So we've got him. And he's here. And there's more, there's more problems that he fought. And he is working towards rectifying it. He is working, and we can all see that he is that guy. But regardless, yeah, and this is for every single Spurs fan listening, watching, regardless of what happens, at one point, Antonio Conte is going to leave. He could win the league and then decide to leave. He could win everything going and then decide to leave. Because like Kat was saying there, he normally sticks around two or three years. You know, so we can't fall in love. We can love him, but we can't fall in love with him. He's not Poch. Poch loved us. Poch, I've never seen, a, I've never seen a, a man emotionally, like, love us inside and out from top to bottom like Poch. Poch cried for us, bruv. Do you know what I mean? When we were crying, Champions League semi-final, he was crying. Do you know what I mean? And I've never seen that before. And I don't think we're going to get that with Conte. But is he the right man for the job? Yes. Did, what, it, what he said during the week got the response that it was that was required from it he's had another meeting with daniel levy so he's secured again he's put forward his vision and his ideas and he's trying to push them so let's say for example and this is just you know an example let's say for example they're negotiating with kessie and Dybala. all right let's just i know it is probably not true but let's say they are and they're haggling over a signing on fee or an extra five grand or an extra 10 grand in the wages or something like that. Well, at that meeting, he's like, look, you can see what we can do against Man City, but with the tools that I've got, what can I do? Like, go out there, make some moves, do something that can secure the future of this club. Because otherwise, it's just talk. You know, Daniel Levy, it's just talk. You want to win? You want to win trophies? It's just talk. You, you want to achieve? It's just talk. Show me your action. Back your chat. Do you know what show I mean? Me so like, show me the money. Show me the money. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I think it's, it's, it's effective. I think it's, 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 it's worked. We've seen today that, and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, this is part of that building block. Do you know what I mean? And they're starting to kind of get that, get all of the ideas, not just the tactics, but the knowledge, but the intelligence and, and the will, the want, the desire the determination that he wants because he wants them to feel as bad as he's feeling. If you, if you walk off that, that, that field against Burnley and you don't care and you're like, oh, yeah, all right, cool, well, we'll just play against Leeds. Or, you, we've seen lackadaisical reactions from some of those players that are not at the club no more. Do you know what I mean? And th- so he wanted to see, instead of like just being angry or emotional, show me on the field, show me on the field. And you saw that from the whole team today. You know, so with these comments, I'm not upset with these comments. The majority of these comments were true, but it's about what happens next. It's about what happens next. Do you know what I mean? He was trying to motivate that squad and the players that he's got. And he was trying to reiterate to the board how much help he's going to need if they really want to achieve things. 
So I've got no problem, no problem whatsoever with what he said or how he said it. And I'm not fearful of him leaving because Spurs fans, at one point, he's going to go, regardless. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, he could win it all. But it's up to us. If we want him to stay longer and, and be at this club and actually fall in love with Tottenham, then it's up to us fans. How we back off our, our club, how, how we cheer them on. Do you know what I mean? Not only home, but away. You know, not only when we're winning, but when we're losing, when we're behind. If you look at those Leeds fans today at 3-0 down, they were clapping, singing. Even though they booed at half-time, they, the first yeah. thing they'd done at the second half was cheer them on and go, come on, Leeds, let's go. And that's what we need to have as well. Instead of us getting too high when we win and too low when we lose, we need to back our team. We need to be the 12th, 13th, 18th man on that field. Do you know what I mean? And help push these boys along when they're dipping. And if we can do that, I think Antonio Conte, I, I think he'll be kind of seduced by the Tottenham crowd and, and this project. The fact that he's coming in at a base level and he's going to be the architect of this cathedral that we're going to build. Do you know what I mean? He can say, I want marble pillars and I want gold sinks and gold toilet. Like he's at the base level of this. And if we can get like seduce him to stay longer as a fan base, he can be an, a like you know, like a diamond architect and create something really, really special because nobody's pushed the board and these players as much as he has. Do you know what I mean? So, again, when we say back Conte, when we say, you always ask the question, Chris, what is, what is the definition of backing Conte? Well, from us fans, it's backing the team and backing his tactics and believing in what he's doing while he's here. Stop worrying about where, when he's going. He's going to go. Let's enjoy it while he's here, while he's got the job, while he's wearing the shirt, while he's signed the contract, while he's there on, on, on the sidelines. Let's back him and show him what type of club we really are, you know, and, and, and I, who knows what happens in the future. Kat, let's come to you. Um, I know today has been a very, very good day, an excellent all-round team performance. But in the last couple of days, Conte said, me and the club, we stay in the same boat until the last day I stay here. I will help the club to improve. I'm totally committed to Tottenham and I have a good relationship with the club, especially with Daniel. Now, you as a journalist, you as a Tottenham Hotspur fan, how confident are you that Antonio Conte will be here until the end of his contract, which, of course, is the end of the 2022-2023 season? Um, or do you have doubts of whether he will be here until then? I mean, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because the other day we were saying, will he even be there come the summer? So I suppose it, the first hurdle is what happens in the FA Cup, what happens with top four, top six, that, that kind of thing. I think the difficulty is with him, there's no kind of obvious goalposts now, whereas for, for so long, you know what I mean? There were so many people, you know, you, you knew like, OK, Spurs need top four. They come fifth, that's a failure. Whereas now it's like, well, fifth isn't a failure. Is sixth a failure? Is seventh, you know, what with this squad, like, is seventh OK? Like, is that acceptable? So no one kind of knows what his aim is. Obviously, a cup would be fantastic. But then I think what he wants to see by this summer is that Spurs, like today, He's getting what he's asked for from the players. So he's getting that reaction. He's getting players playing his way. And if he sees that, and then he can go to Daniel Levy in the summer and say, and I want X, Y, and Z, um, you know, even if they're not like top, top world-class players, we're, we're bringing in someone that is going to improve the squad that we have at the moment. Then I think, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't he stay? Because, you know, he, he would have known, Conte's a clever man. He knows when he took this job, he looked at the squad, he'd have known where it was at. 
I know he said a few things like after the um the League Cup semi-final, he was basically saying I didn't know it was as bad as it is, but yeah. He did know. He knew exactly what the squad was. He also knew what had happened with other managers because people said all this about Jose. When he came in, people said, that means Daniel Levy's going to back him. And it, to be honest, it didn't happen. So, you know, it's not like he's come in and said, oh, do you know what? I think Daniel Levy's going to give me half a billion pounds to spend on this squad. He, he knew where this squad was at. I suppose he maybe would have liked to see more investment. He may yet see that in the summer. But, I mean, there's no reason why he won't still be there at the end of next season. Um, but obviously it depends if the, this group of players are moving in the right direction. I mean, we have seen that they are. There's evidence that they are. I know there's been all these blips, but if you think where, how they were playing even when he took over, we were finishing games without a shot on target. And now, you know, today they had 11 shots on target. I know that's partly Leeds, but this is moving in, you know, where he would want it to go. So there's absolutely no reason, I suppose, to to read into his comments too much but at the same time he he must know again he's quite media savvy he knows that if he comes out and says that that there's going to be a reaction and you know people are going to pick up those quotes and there is going to be that panic because he like you say like he he's a he's quite a volatile manager if he's not happy at a club he'll leave you know he he fell out with Chelsea he fell out with Inter so it's it's not inconceivable but equally if, if Spurs keep improving. I mean, you know, there's every reason why he would want to stay. Do you think the league position is very important to his decision to stay for next season though, Kat? Because, for instance, if Spurs finish seventh in the Europa Conference League sta uh, stages again, or, or even eighth, you know, not even in a European spot, would he be Spurs manager next year? I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought so, personally. Um, I suppose it depends how that happens, because if it's just like the thing is, that like the last week has summed up the season. You know, they've had a fantastic result, then they've had another dip, then then another good one. So, if it if it continues like that, I don't see him storming out at the end of the season. If, however, the season completely tails off and he's looking at this saying we're not even in Europe, there was no hope of us even getting into Europe. That's a completely different thing. Whereas, you know, say we miss out on the Champions League on the last day of the season, second to last day, something like that, then that would suggest that Spurs are moving forward and that we can be looking realistically at Champions League within within a couple of years. I mean, when he because when he took over, we were still in the Conference League and I think he was quite honest about that and was like, this is not something that we want to be in. This is not the level that we want to be competing in. And again, like that's how the fans feel. People want to be in Europe, but actually, do they want to be in that competition? I don't think people were that upset when we got kicked out of it. So, I mean, that's it. that tells you quite a lot, you know, when people are just like, yeah, fine. Everyone Especially with the squad as well. I don't if yeah. we were playing midweek um, in in some Mickey Mouse tournament, yeah, I, I think we would have really struggled in the league. Yeah, it's. I mean, like you say, that's kind of a blessing in disguise, not being in that. And I think being in it again next year is not what we would aspire to, obviously. Um Europa League, I mean, that's a different matter. It's not where we want to be. It's not where Conte would want to be. But I suppose, you know, it would it would suggest that we are moving forward. So I suppose it, it depends. I, obviously, he, he, he's come in to be a top six manager. He's not come in to manage a club that comes eighth or ninth, you know. Um, so I suppose that's the key. Um, but equally, you know, what happens, you know, come sixth or seventh wins in the FA Cup? So... 
it's possible because he, I think he he wants to be the manager that is the finally the Spurs manager that wins something after 14 years. I think it was the other day was our 14-year anniversary. So, um, you know, well, that, that'd be huge I, when he was the one I to do about, I was just about to say, Kat, do you think that he is going to be successful? Because 14 very long years without a trophy. Will Conte be successful? Um, <laughs> I mean, again, without... I hate to say it, but with that squad, you're, you've got to put a lot on the FA Cup. There's still you know, decent teams in it. So yeah, I think if we said, right, we're going to go all out FA Cup, we've got to do it. But we can't afford to do that because we haven't got the, the balance. We haven't got the squad to then focus on the league as well. So I think they'll come unstuck at some point later on. But you never know. You know, it's been, well, it's more than 30 years now. So we're, we're owed an FA Cup. But I mean, it's going to be difficult because it's not, it's not even like the League Cup where you think, oh, it's just like a handful of games. And actually, if you have a good run, it's quite easy to get to the final. It's, it's a it's a long old cup, the FA Cup. So not to be pessimistic, but um, I, I don't see us winning it personally. But you might you might disagree with me. But I, I don't know. I think we'll win it every year, Kat. And then I'll sadly get disappointed. <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem. Now, Kat, I just want to pick up on what you said there. Conte isn't a manager that's come in to finish 7th, 8th or ninth in the Premier League. Mm. I don't feel that he's a manager uh, who just wants to finish in the top four. He is a manager who wants to go on and win big trophies. He, he wants to win the Premier League. Now, going back to what we said earlier, again, um, you know, the summer is absolutely huge for Spurs uh, as a club, for Conte and Fabio Prasci as well. Um, do you think Antonio Conte will get enough backing um, to, to bring in a number of new additions? And I, and I speak about this a lot on this channel about world-class players. Now, the last world-class player that I remember Spurs signing was back in 94, Jurgen Klingsmann. I know Van der Vaart was close as well, and we've had some great players over the years. But will Tottenham go out and spend you know, big amounts of money and sign world-class players in the summer, in your opinion? I personally don't see where the budget would come from. You know, given how we've been for the last sort of five, six years and when the opportunities were there, I think the only way that happens is through clever uh, recruitment. You know, if we can find someone like a Angola Conte, you know, who's like five million playing in the second tier somewhere, but we don't seem to do that. You know, we don't seem to have that kind of level of scouting where we've, we kind of unearth these gems. We go for quite established players in the top leagues. They're not going to come cheap. So I think we're going to go down the route of maybe like we've done with the two Juventus boys. So we're going to go for maybe squad players at top clubs. Same with Emerson. You know, that seems to be the way it goes, even going back to Lucas PSG. So that seems to be kind of the, the way to go because you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. You know, you're not spending the money, but then you're also buying... People aren't like, well, where they come from? You know, it's still it's still a top club. So I would love to know with Conte when he took this job, what he's what he thought he was getting into. Because I know when he got the job, he sort of said, Oh, I, you know, I'm not just here to buy players. I actually want to play. I'm a coach. I want to improve the players that we've got. Because if you think, you know, when Pochettino came over, how many how many of that squad were top world class players when he took over? and how many were within a couple of years. So I don't know if Conte looks at this squad and sees players that at least he can do that with, if he thinks, right, they, they might not be top players now, but give me a year with them and see where they are then. I think after the Burnley game, what he's saying is that he doesn't see that. He sees players that he doesn't think even have the potential to, to get that far. So that's the concern because there's nowhere to go if you've got players like that. And that's why we've, you know, 
last month he's offloaded like four players because they're players that he doesn't think they've got a future. And I know some of them are on loan, but still, they're, he wouldn't be doing that if he thought they had a future at the club. So I think he is planning for some big investment this summer because I think otherwise he's not going to see this squad, let alone you know getting in the top four or beyond. I mean, I, I don't know if he looked at that squad and thought, yeah, that's that's going to win the league within five years. I don't think anyone would look at that squad when he took over and thought, yeah, top four minimum. So I, I'd say top four is kind of his his goal because that's attainable and particularly, you know, with Arsenal United as well. I think it's possible top four. But yeah, given where he's been in the past, is, is he going to be happy with that? I don't, I don't know. It seems like it's a bit of a, a step down for him, but that's what he's got into. You know, he's he hasn't come to a squad capable of, of winning major honours at the moment. So I guess you've got to like realign the goalposts a bit, I suppose. Kat, I know you've got to go shortly. So uh, give me your score prediction for the Middlesbrough game on Tuesday night in the FA Cup and tell everyone where they can find your wonderful book and your wonderful work. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, Middlesbrough. <laughs> Again, this is... <laughs> Oh, things are going so well. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two nil. I'm gonna be confident. Um, is that, is that confident? I don't know. It's, it's not overwhelmingly confident. That'll do. Get us um, through. That'll do. Championship team. Um, but they beat United, so you know, it's, it's anything can happen. Um, no, yeah, two nil. Um, I think Kane and and Doherty with a goal again. Obviously, my, my Ooh, boy. Never, never. <laughs> back to back goals. <laughs> Cat, tell everyone about your wonderful book and your your wonderful work where people can find you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, really enjoyed it. So the book again, it's called Tottenham from the Lane. Uh, it's on all the all the normal places. So Waterstones, Amazon. Um, I think Amazon.com as well. If you're not in the UK, so um, yeah, much appreciated. So thanks, so, thanks so much, guys. Love talking to you. Thanks, Cat. Thanks so much for your time. Guys, thanks. Take Speak care. Bye. Rich, let's come to you. Let's talk about the game itself. As Kat mentioned earlier, um, after just three minutes, Leeds floated in a free kick, um, headed just past the post. Uh, very unlucky for them. But in the 10th minute, Tottenham Hotspur went 1-0 up. Fantastic move. Um, Harry Winks to um, to Sessegnon. Sessegnon then to Doherty. Fantastic finish. Talk us through the goal and your thoughts on that goal. Yeah, so obviously, first of all, Leeds were wasteful with the chances that they, um, they had. Um, and then I think because of that, we then grew in confidence with the ball retention. Um, obviously, like I said before, I think I think my my opinion on the, the uh, wing backs has been a little bit up and down, but today they're definitely given the opportunity and the space to um, really deliver the um, the the opportunities to score. And um, first goal, I think it was a great kind of team goal. It was. Um, three or four players in, involved before obviously you went out to uh, Ryan and then a great pass over to Matt and then um, it was a good finish. Um, please, I, I was actually pleased for him. I think he's uh, he's took a lot of stick, but he's he's been so bad though. I just I think I don't don't think the um, the the formation has really helped him at all. And I don't think he's found a place in the squad uh, or in the team and. Um, when you when you hear the the players talk so so kind of passionately about they're really pleased for him to to score, that might kick him on. That might um, bring him into the the fray of actually having more 
presence on in games because he does drift in and out uh, and very sloppy in possession. Um, but today, I think we built well um, in the first twenty minutes, and um, because of how we were playing up front and the movement and the energy up front, that really set the tone. Because obviously we scored first, and then we kind of we built off that. We built off that energy because we scored so early. Ricky, let's come to you. Fifteen minutes gone. Kulishevsky put Tottenham Hotspur two 0 up. I tell you what, a wonderful start. Just after fifteen minutes, Tottenham Hotspur two 0 up. He started at the corner flag of all places. Just a couple of seconds later, he's putting the ball in the net. Um, how impressed have you been with our new signing? Oh, I'm I'm super impressed, bro. You know. And and this is why I didn't want to get too excited when we signed him and Bentacor. I do I, I you know because of I've been burnt by Endombele. I'm like let's see what they can do in a Spurs shirt. And you know even his can, interview. Can I just say, Rick? On, I, I remember you saying to me um, that you felt for me when I did that video with the Italian journalist and the and oh. uh, and the other guy from Uruguay. And, and they said that these, these two were no better than what we've got. They're absolutely useless. They're never going to fit in. Blah blah blah. They were wrong, weren't they? They were so wrong, and I'm ha- so happy that they were wrong. Because every time that you try to get some type of positivity out of them, they just was not having it. Do you know what I mean? They were just like, no, you know, very similar to Winks. And all of us are like, oh, come on, do me a favour, do me a favour, do me a favour. Like, but look at the impact that they've, they've had once they've come in. You know, they, they both know and believe in Antonio Conte. They know, they've seen his work. Some, you know, I think Bentacor got to work with him. I can't remember. Um, but they've both seen what he'd done at Inter Milan last season. And both of these players, again, like what Kat was saying earlier, they wasn't, you know, they kind of fell out of the first team. Allegri was playing a different system. They've kind of fell out of the first team. But both quality players, you know. Uh, Bentacor at 24, tons of experience, done well for like, I think it was three seasons or something like that. And then he's dropped off under this new manager. So to get these players and for them to kind of seize the opportunity, seize their second chance, seize an opportunity to kind of make the midfield and make the wing their own, you know, and they went for it. They've both gone for it. They both want to run through walls for Antonio Conte. And you could see that with Kulisevsky today. You know, he had the uh, interview during the week where he was saying, after the first goal against Man City, he was saying how, you know, how kind of comfortable he is here and how he can kind of, he, it's almost like a weight off his shoulders, what, what was on him from Juventus, and now he can express himself. I can't remember what the actual words were. I'm sure you do, Chris. But, um, but yeah, just along those lines, and you're starting to see, like, just a different type of player. You know, he's 21. He, yes, he did look a bit slow at times in the first couple of games, but you can see today he had a turn of pace. What I was really impressed with was, was how kind of, like, his, his feet were magic. You know, it wasn't like devastating skill, a bit like Lu, Lucas or, you know, devastating speed like Lucas, but he's got skill in both feet and he's got strength and he doesn't mind, you know, challenges coming in and like riding the challenge. Like you said there, Chris, he was at the corner flag. How many Leeds defenders, players were around him and in the box? So for him to kind of roll one man, kind of like strength, like well, two he, others. He, he passed it to Doherty and Doherty oh, passed it back to him. So give credit to Doherty again. Oh, again, there you go. 
there you go. A, a bit of credit to Doherty again. That was just for and, Richard. <laughs> no, but it, even so, this is what I'm saying. It's like it's the one thing about <laughs> about Tottenham fans that I, that I feel speaking on the pod and and speaking in general is that we we are kind of we are truthful about our own players and we don't none of us want to criticize our players do i yeah. want Doherty to be a world beater do i want him to be the next danny alves of course i do of course i do but i can only judge him on what he's given do you know what i mean so yeah. what he's given hasn't been positive but we've got to today the 45 minutes against leicester positive he came on changed the game changed the game from from the right wing perspective and it helped secure those two late Bergy goals do you know what i mean today he was really good he, uh, he he was determined he didn't look like he was playing with fear you know Doherty so for him to kind of be involved in the Kulisevsky goal as well I mean fantastic it's got a, not just the goal but the 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 how important he was to how the team played it's got to give him a bit of confidence it's got to give him a bit of kind of reassurance that he can have some type of impact on this squad on this team and and hopefully it, it, it's like it's good times going forward. We shall see. But the goal itself, Chris, I was just like, it was beautiful. It, it was a the, the strike was a bit Bale esque. Do you know what I mean? It was just it that, that near post. I was just like, ah. Oh. And then he nearly doubled it up, didn't he? Like he had a similar chance a little bit later, and he went for the same corner. And it was just a you know the the, the keeper just got his fingers to it. But I was so impressed with that goal today, Chris. Awesome. Well, it was like he sold the goalkeeper thinking the goalkeeper thinking that he was going to go far post and he went near post uh, yeah. and done him. Rich, how, how impressed have you been with the two new signings? Of course, it's a big shame uh, today that Benton Kerr was injured and uh, hopefully he will be back soon. But Kuliszewski, you know, these two players, they just seem to have come into this squad, into the starting eleven, And it just seems like they've been here for months on end and they've just fit in so well, haven't they? And also, you, you want people to come in that have got that talent, they've got the ability, they've got the desire, and the crowd want them to kind of get really stuck in. And those those two players are really kind of the front, the challenge. Both of them have said they're in for the fight. That's what we want. Mm. We want players that are going to get stuck in, whether we're winning or losing. Like Ricky was saying, the crowd need to get behind the, the team, whatever the situation. And, and I think the two new players that have come in understand that they're in for a really big challenge. One, they know they've got to win over the crowd. Two, they know they're going to have to come into a, a league that's a lot quicker than what they've come from. And I think they took a couple of games to adapt. Um, but I, I, I'm really happy. I, I, I think it's because um, they're so young, because um, they've got the strength, the desire, the vision, and they've also got the confidence on the ball. They're able to they're able to move the ball left to right. They've got the vision to move the ball forwards. Very forward thinking players. Uh, yeah, really pleased that those two acquisitions. I'm sure are going to be around the squad for a long time. What we need to do now is we obviously we need to we need to build off those two signings. We can't go back to throwing millions and millions of pounds at, at players that might kind of come off for us. We need to have those players that are going to come into the squad now and have that impact upskill our, our squad and make an impact moving forwards. Um, the two players in question, I think they offer obviously slightly different um, uh, regarding their positions and obviously um, what they give the team. But both of them have been a, a brush of fresh air, especially on the ball. Um, I think that's what we've needed. I think we were getting a bit one-dimensional before with obviously Skippy, uh, Hoiberg, 
and Winks in, in midfield. And it was just looking like so slow, where I think we're moving the ball, especially through the lines, a lot better. Mm. Kulishevsky certainly seems to work hard as well, and obviously his yeah, defensive work is pretty yeah. decent. Mm. And I think uh, you know what, uh, you know, playing in the Premier League, his fitness, you know, certainly for him, will, will only get better. I can't believe we've been talking for over an hour, and none of us have mentioned Harry Kane yet. Ricky, let's come to you. <laughs> Harry Kane put Tottenham Hotspur three 0 up. Hoybier with a wonderful ball over the top. Harry Kane watched it. Uh, fantastic finish with his left foot. Not only the goal today, he was absolutely sensational, wasn't he? He was, man. He was. Like, like against Man City, I was like, oh my gosh, like, Harry's back to his best. But you can see, like, like I say, that determination, that, that all right, let's put this right. Instead of almost going into the game sulking or being like, let's not make a mistake, he was like, let's go. Like, it was almost a captain's performance today. He, not only did he hold the ball up, like, the passing, the defending, and, like, we, you know, the goal was, it was sublime. The, 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 the ball from Hoiberg over the top there and for him to kind of get that goal, fantastic. Him setting up Sonny, like he was a man possessed. He was a man possessed. He, him and Sonny were just on another planet today. I loved Sonny's free role as well that he kind of had, kind of being able to kind of jump to the left, jump to the right, jump to the number 10 position as well. Like, oh, but Harry, man, I'm just so happy. I'm so pleased for him. And um, I just hope this is the beginning for, 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 for the business end of the season. And if this means that Harry's woken up in the business end of the season, forget what happened in the first half of the season. If he's woken up in the business end of the season, this, this, it, it could mean some good times, some even broader smiles, you know, for, for us. I'm not going to mention trophies, Chris. I'm not going to mention it. But yeah, <laughs> I it, think could, it could be it could be some good times. It's clearly working harder, isn't it? And yeah, Conte's he um, yeah, and also mentally, kind of, you know, the first couple of months when when we were watching him play, he looked very slow. He was spent far too much time on the ball. Today, you could see turning. He was looking up as he was turning, and he was kind of he was seeing that picture, mm. and he was trying to fill in the gaps, and he. He, he always picked the right decision, um, the option when you actually turn with the ball. Um, brilliant, like like the the pundits were saying, it's like the best uh, centre forward performance over the last couple of weeks that they've seen from an English English player. Like unbelievable, like not just uh, not not just the passing. I think it's more of the awareness, the actual awareness of where he is and the goal itself. Yes, he kind of, he came kind of came over over the shoulder, and as it came down, obviously the the defender was like, "Oh, we'll just leave it to go out for a, a goal kick." And obviously, Harry just connected. It was a brilliant finish, uh, and I think Harry and Sonny have um, started to elevate their performances. And what I what I hope is because Harry's in in such a great uh, vein of form. That he also kind of promotes that to Sonny as well, because sometimes Sonny will have two or three really great games, and then you just won't see him. So it's hopefully they can continue that partnership going through this this good good uh, group of fixtures that we've got at the moment. It was also his work rate as well, wasn't it, Rich? It's like sure. you know, yeah. Conte said it. Conte said it afterwards, and if our star man, you know, our number nine, is working that hard, not only in you know in every area of the pitch. Midfield, defensive, and you know, and assisting and scoring. 
you know what I mean? If he's working that hard, why ain't you? I don't care what your position is. For sure. I don't sure. care what your position is. Why ain't you? So it's like, it really is going to lift the levels around them. And you can see Sonny and, and Kane, like, getting back on that wavelength. They're both smiling again. They're both, they're both enjoy pro- providing an assist for each other and scoring and looking over and being like, did you get the assist? Did you get the assist? All right, wicked. Like, there's a buzz about them, which is just, it, it's, it's been a, a while but it's, it's so nice to see it. And I think the first half of the, the, the season, you know, like, come on. Like, Harry's a Tottenham boy. He's grown up. He supports the club. He knows, you know, the, the bad times that we've been through before he started playing for us, right? So we all were resigned to him going in the summer. We're all like, do you know what, Harry? Cool. You've, you've, worked, you've done everything that you can possibly do for us. We can see that, you know, the ship is sinking. We can totally understand why you want to go. All right, and Harry, if you want to go, then you want to go. Cool, do it. You know, and he had that bit of a Odinwengi. I call it the Odinwengi hangover because he <laughs> really did believe that he was going Man City. Didn't get that, and it turns up. And no disrespect to Nuno, but Nuno's now the the manager after having Mourinho and after having that type of you know the prolific season that he had with Sonny. He's like, well, what's going on now? You know, where are we going? We, we are really sinking. So with the hangover, Odenwegen hangover, and then looking over and being like, I don't think Nuno's the man. Like, that first half of the season, it took him a while. And you could see that there were certain times that he wasn't about it. He didn't show, you know, com- c- compare a Nuno performance to today's performance or a performance against Man City. Chalk and bro, cheese, yeah. Chalk and cheese, man. Chalk yeah. and cheese. So it's like, if, if, if he is up and he's for it and he's loving Conte and he's loving the direction in which we're going and he's like, you know what, let's prove it. This could it could be a lovely, fantastic, a really good end to the season, which I'm I'm you know I'm hoping and praying for. I love your confidence, Ricky. I really do. Um, <laughs> Rich, let's come to you. Roy writes on the screen there. Harry's passing was outstanding, but don't forget he also won the ball back in midfield a few times. Yeah. Um, Lots of chasing he's, back. Lots he's, of chasing he's back. Gameplay. He's not just a goal scorer, is he? He's just no. an all-round player. He's everywhere. Yeah, his winning stats was today were like unbelievable, um, and the passion to get back and again, if you you've got your your world class player doing that, it kind of it shows the whole team what what the expectations are, and uh, like I say, finishing, uh, outstanding world class passing, chasing back, um, also saw a lot of communication from him. I've, one thing I've seen that when he's when he's poor form his body demeanor is very poor he literally doesn't he sulks he doesn't really uh, communicate with the team today he was like shouting at his like his wing backs to kind of get back and support as well as uh, all the other players in the midfield to kind of keep tight and keep that kind of uh, those those two lines and and when we haven't got the ball harry definitely i know he's not the captain but definitely the leader and one thing yeah. I was gonna, what was one thing I was gonna say is, uh, Hugo's form. Has have we got any like concerns about Hugo's form over the last couple of weeks? Because today, I don't know what position he was playing in that chance, but he was like, <laughs> like, like central midfield. I'm like, what is he doing? I was like, where's? What happened was I actually went out for a cup of tea, came back, and I'm like, <laughs> why is Hugo in central midfield? I'm like, what's he doing? I'm, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I was like, what's he doing, man? And how, how they didn't score that, well, yeah, that yeah, chance yeah, then? He didn't have a lot to do, Rich, during the game, so he thought he'd get involved. 
<laughs> I was like, "Whoa, my goodness!" I, 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 I think as um as a captain, sometimes I don't know. Um, Hugo, brilliant to start a season, like like, and obviously signed this new contract, keeps him at the club for a little bit more, a little bit more time. We need to find somebody obviously to to come into that position at some point. But yeah, the last couple of weeks, he's given away a couple of uh, stonkers, hasn't he? He's like. And that could have been yeah. one of them. He's had a poor few weeks, uh, you know, definitely yeah. based on, you know, he's a world-class goalkeeper, in my opinion. And I'm so glad that we've got him at the club. But he's just had a very poor few weeks. Just a Ricky, how, how would you describe it? Well, bro, I mean, like, I could also argue the the the, um, the, the two that he's flat at, I mean, the, coming from crosses. So the Southampton one, the Wolves one, um, I could argue that, where was the right and left back or the defensive midfielder shutting mate, down that cross? On, we, we we know the whole way through, the whole way through the season, we have struggled on crosses, yeah? Defending crosses. We've struggled on defending crosses and set plays. So I could argue that why why where was the fullback shutting down that cross or preventing that cross from happening? Yes, he got a hand to it or he spilled it in those instances, but like I've got to look at that Man City performance. Look at the Man City performance, boys. You know, as well as there being a couple of mistakes here and there, and I'm not talking about today's kerfuffle as yet, but as well as there being a couple of mistakes here and there, how many, like, like world-class saves does he put out? And it's not like we we, we don't highlight these world-class saves as much as we highlight the mistakes. And so sometimes I think we we do need to have a bit of balance with him. Today he ran out because he felt that, he needed to stop the danger. He ended up. He ended up becoming the danger. Mate, he had touched the ball for about twenty minutes, and he thought he wants to have a kick. That's what he maybe, was. And maybe, it, maybe that. But I, bro, even, he was on left wing. Bro, you know, what, even me, I'm like, where's he going? What's he doing? Where's he going? And then, like, you know, obviously, he, he, he had to come for that, though, didn't he? He had to. This come. is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. He he had to come for that to try and stop whatever was happening at that point or stop the danger. He tangled his feet. He's got his feet in a tangle. He he well, done some nice. kind of like some, some moonwalking, and <laughs> they, and you know what I mean. Like the the Leeds player was on goal, and they should have, they could have, they should have scored. But again, let's look at the determination of that back line to come back and cover him, Davies. For him to get yeah. that block in today, I don't know yeah. where he came from, but like I think that's something to be kind of like to be highlighted and to be appreciated. You know, and he, and he always... is another player, Ricky. Um, and, and I know, Rich, you're not his biggest fan. He is another player um, that doesn't get enough credit when they do play well. When they do and, play uh, well. Yeah, 100 miles an hour. He come out of nowhere and blocked that shot. Now, that was in the 76th minute. Tottenham Hotspur did have, you know, quite a few chances before that. In the 58th minute, Doherty crossed for Cessignon, uh sliding in. He hit the post. Not with the ball, though. He hit the post uh, with his <laughs> knee. Luckily, he got up and, and played again. Um, but... Uh, Harry Kane's stats I wanted to go to because um, a couple of days ago it was it was highlighted quite heavily. Uh, Chelsea player Lukaku only had seven touches in a game. Harry Kane today, 52 touches, four chances created, one goal and one assist. Antonio Conte said this has to be a starting point for us and not one episode. For the first time I've seen my mark on this system, uh, the crater with the wing back and the other wing back to score. This is the first time it means it is working uh, it is starting to work. Um, then in the 72nd uh, minute, Kuliszewski had a shot blocked. 
Uh, 78th minute, Sessegnon and Kulishevsky went off. Emerson Royale and Stephen Bergwijn come on. Um, and then let's talk about Tottenham Hotspur's fourth goal. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Harry Kane to Hunmin Son made it 4-0. Again, we've spoken about how great Harry Kane has played today. But what a pass. Hunmin Son a pass. with an absolutely superb finish. And now they've broken a Premier League record. The most uh, goals, uh, goal combinations, 37 in the Premier League. Now, what a fantastic partnership over the years, Hunmin Son and Harry Kane. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's it's just beautiful. And it's and, and even more so, and you know, this is just me being a fan, but even more so to knock two Chelsea legends off that top list as well. For us to have, you know, some Tottenham boys up there and, and Harry and Sonny for all the criticism that they've got over the years. You've got to remember, Sonny in his first season, after that first season, he was about to go. It was because Poch pulled him aside and was like, listen, I've, I've got plans for you. I don't want you to go nowhere. Like, And in the second season he was there, he really did kick on. You know, Kane was supposed to be a one-season wonder. We, we all know that. We all know that because it was everywhere. Sky Sports said it. Every single paper said it, that Harry's supposed to be a one-season wonder. Well, what a one-season. What a one <laughs> Talk to me. Are you and may long it continue. And ha- may long it continue, man. But that ball, that ball was, it was, it, it, it was so sexy. It was like almost Kevin De Bruyne-esque, bro. But even better than Kevin De Bruyne. Because it was Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? And a striker that, that put the ball over the top and took out two Leeds defenders with the flight of it, just because they was watching it. As soon as Sonny touched it on his chest, that's it. He was away. And what a goal. Like, what a goal. We need to see more of this. We need to see more of it. This, this has got to be, like, the first of many, man. The first of many, many more. For another 37. I want another 37 between them. Let's go. <laughs> like, are you joking? It was gorgeous it was gorgeous Ricky if you had to pick out a, uh, a favorite moment Hunmin Son and Harry Kane uh combined what would what would it be oh bro that is tough that is tough oh. you have, have a think about that Rich Rich right. talk to me about Hunmin Son and Harry Kane you know that that partnership today it just seemed like it was back yeah and also because they've they've worked extensively together um Harry doesn't have to look up to know where he is because I've worked on those um, those runs. Obviously, Sonny knows when to go and when not to go, and kind of the positions he needs to be in, which is which is brilliant. And that's that's the reason why you need to have players that commit to the club in that way because then you could you've got time to develop those partnerships. Um, Sonny's an amazing finisher, like, and but he's. If you notice, it's all about confidence with him as well. It's like when he gets his kind of his eye in. Literally, it's like the ball comes in, bang! It just it's it's literally it's it's there and he's hit it. And um, that brilliant player, he's really kind of uh, built that relationship off hard work. Like you were saying, the the first season he was at Spurs, he was struggling to kind of really see what his role in the team was. Was it going to be as a backup striker? Was it going to be on one of the wings? And now he knows not just his position in the team, but he knows what role he's got in the team. And um, it's not a backup role. He is pivotal to us winning games. Um, and because we're, we're playing on the break as well, He's so quick with the ball, like so quick. Oh. And also, his feet as well, you watch, 
you watch how he shifts the ball only slightly when when players are coming in to try and either take him out or take the ball off him. He shifts because he's got a, such a low centre of gravity. He's able to move left to right and take the ball with him. Um, in the past, he's been looked. Uh, people have said, oh, he's quite greedy on the ball. But sometimes when your confidence is low in front of the goal, you take, you kind of say, actually, I need to kind of score to to um, to show the fans, to show the team what my role is, but also to kind of, to, to know that I've still got it. But I think I think Sonny is, is a player that he loves the club. He clearly loves working with Harry. And the players around him love his energy. Um, he's been criticised for tracking back before. He now does that a lot more. Um, today he was man marked for the whole game. Didn't lose like any uh, any kind of uh, discipline from that. He really kind of chose to kind of use it as a as an opportunity to kind of score and to uh, take apart Leeds in that second half. And he definitely did. I, I think Leeds towards the end of the game just ran out of energy. And that's where the gaps became available. It's funny, Rich, you say that because Leeds did have a number of opportunities in that game, didn't they? But they just wasted yeah, them. Yeah, and, and because there were, obviously when um, we had the ball, there were man marking and then as soon as um, they had the, the ball, they were kind of then breaking on us with their, obviously their, their quick players, uh, especially on the wings. But they were so wasteful. Um, and that, that just shows, obviously, that the wrong end of the table, I think that they won't go down, they won't get relegated because there's three or four teams worse than them, like Norwich and Burnley and, obviously, Everton, the worse than them as well, and Watford. Um, I think they're, they're just going to be a team that, obviously, uh, works really hard, very entertaining to, to, to watch, but win some games, but obviously get, get thumped as well. What Ricky said about the, the fans getting behind them, even though they're 3-0 down, I think yeah. that's pivotal for a club, you know. I think there's so many clubs, so many clubs, that the, the teams are getting walloped week in, week out, and the fans just pelt them, pelt the players, pelt the manager. And I think... But they did boo a... at half-time. That, that was weird. They, they clapped at certain mm. times, but they, they yeah. booed a couple of times as well. I, th- I think that was because they... They were 3-0 down and they didn't re- Bielsa didn't really change anything. He didn't really respond to what was going on on the pitch. And I think that's yeah. what their fans were a bit pissed about. They were like, come on, you've you've got options. I know you've got two or three players out, but you've got options on the bench. Come on, you need to or at least change your system a little bit. Bielsa's one of these coaches is very stubborn. It's like, this is how we're playing, whether we're 4-0 up or 4-0 yeah. behind. And it just wasn't working today. We... We've got so much. Well, our players are so so better than what they had on the pitch, and also we're a lot cl- more clinical in the opportunities. Um, if it was the other way around, we had the same opportunities as Leeds. I think we'd have scored four or five of those, to be honest. Um, the first one, where obviously the cross that came over before we scored, and uh, it just went past the post on the header, that reminded me of early on when we were with Nuno, all the kind of the cross-field uh, passes that every time we had a free kick, they were scoring. Um, so I was just a little bit worried at that point, but then realised how poor Leeds were uh, off the ball and knew that we'd, we'd win today. 
Well, we can't worry about Leeds, you know, no disrespect, because we've got enough th- things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever they do, up to them. Nothing to do with us. Um, straight after the game, Antonio Conte said uh, it was the right response. Harry Kane said we had to bounce sure. uh, back. A fantastic performance today. Um, talking about his uh, relationship with Hunmin Son, he said uh, we understand each other's game very well. Um, lots of players have taken to social media. Dijan Kulashevsky saying we keep working. Um, Dyer saying this was the right this response. Sessignon saying perfect reaction. Interestingly, how they all say about the reaction. Now, Ricky, let's come to you. It's great getting the reaction today, and I've loved today. It's been fantastic. I've been on a real high today uh, with the performance. But consistency. Antonio Conte is constantly using this word now, consistency. Are we now going to be consistent? And do you think that we can finish in the top four? Because, you know, the, the Twitter post or the Instagram post that I've been putting out in the last 24 hours, if I mention top four and in these top news videos that I do daily, I get pills to say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do it. How are you feeling about it realistically? Chris, it's, it's, it's again, it's up to the boys. It's up to the boys on whether, like, like Conte's been saying, do they really want to achieve something important? And if they really want to achieve something important, then they've got, to, they've got to start putting together consistent performances. Like Rich was saying there about like eight or nine out of tenors. They've, we've got to have at least four or five of those eight out of nine tenors to kind of push that team on, even when we're at a dip. Harry leading, the way that he led today, again, like Rich said there, he was a really, a, a true leader, a very much a captain's performance today. If it's dipping, if it's going sideways, it's up to someone like Harry to kind of grab it, grab the game by the scruff of the neck and go, boys, fix up, look sharp, let's make this happen. Do you know what I mean? Let, like, let's show these people what we're about. So it's all about the, it's all up to the boys. It's really, it really is. And for, for me, you can't say, I can't really say, because we've seen how Jekyll and Hyde we have been, you know, especially the last couple of weeks, especially like this year. You know, look at that Brighton game. The Brighton game, first time we started, like from the off, very, very quick, pacey, do you know what I mean? Determined, we saw that. And then we had Southampton and Wolves and you're, we're like, what is going on here? And then as we're coming up to Man City, we're like, well, I mean, apart from me, Chris, who predicted on this show that we'd win 3-2 against Man City. I just, you uh, did. I, I <laughs> well think I just dropped that one in there. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in our heart of hearts, we're like, Man City, they've just pelted, what was it, Sporting Lisbon 5-0 during the week. You know, and we've seen how, you know, uh, uh, dominant and, uh, and great that they play at times. So it was kind of, we felt in, our, in, in the pit of our stomachs that it was on the cards. But look at the performance that turned out. And then we're like, all right, then cool, let's go. And then we have Burnley. Now, Burnley, you know, for 70 minutes, 75 minutes of that game, we had all the possession, we had all the attacking, like, all the chances, we had all the attacking play. We've all, and we would, my, the commentator that I was watching, we said there's only going to be one winner. And obviously that was wrong because Burnley came with their set piece and, you know what I mean, they ended up winning the game. And we was a bit blunt in front of goal, but it's about, it's about progression. Me, me and you, Chris, we both said this. As long as we're seeing progression and you put in the building blocks together and you build on the performances of, of, of the one before, the positive ones of the one before, then we can start to achieve something. Then we can get a momentum going. We can get a rhythm going. And once we've got that, once these boys, because like Conte said today, it's basically starting to click. The tactics, 
the knowledge, the intelligence is basically starting to click. So if we can actually click and get into some momentum and some rhythm, bro, we're going to be dangerous. Do you know what I mean? So I can only take it week by week. I'm going to say it's so tough to say we're going to be in top four. But I've said majority of the time fifth. But why not? It's still there for us. Why not? It's up to them. Let's see what they want to do. Do you know what I mean? If they really want to achieve something important, let's start and put put in some consistent performances together. It is all like, about consistency. I oh, think it's all consistency like, is key. You look at the, well, the, the you, teams you saw, around us. You saw some of the comments that I just put on screen there. And when I mentioned top four, Rich, you just pulled a face as if to say, oh, come on. What are Spurs? Are we a top four club? Are we a top six club? Are we a mid-table club? What What are we? I, I, I think team-wise, it's it's. Oh. You look at the infrastructure. You look at the manager. You look at the vision, the philosophy. It's top four. You look at the players on the pitch. I I think Conte is overachieving with with the players, and um, and that's my honest opinion. We need to upskill some of the players, um, and that's why I was so kind of excited when Conte said. It's not just about buying the players. It's about trying to coach these players to be better and to buy into a philosophy. Because really, you need to have a brilliant manager. You need to have a so-called quarter, quarterback in the team. And you need to have some strong pillars to really take the team forwards. And we're starting to get that. But we really struggle in cons- with consistency. And when the conditions get tough, so if we're um, behind early in games or the weather's shit like at Burnley or we've got a couple of injuries in the squad and that's our real problem. That's the reason why I struggle. If we've got two or three players, key players that are out injured, is that going to affect how we're going to play for the next two or three weeks? Which might be the case. Uh, Conte could get us to top four. Is that likely? I'm not sure. I, I, I think I'm, the next two or three weeks are really key. If we can build some one, some like one nil wins away from home, at home, kind of really get the confidence going, get the boys believing, then there's the possibility of obviously finishing in those Champions League places. Champions League would make a massive difference next season if we got into Champions League. The kind of quality that you'd see on the pitch for next season would be mass. It'd be, it'd be massively affected. We'd have a bigger squad. I think we'd be able to um, attract better standard of players, and also, I think the confidence would come back. You you saw how under Pochettino, when we got in the Champions League, all of a sudden we had these players elevating their uh, performances because they weren't playing Watford in the middle of the week, they were playing like Barcelona and Juventus and they were they were like they're playing against these teams and they were like going, actually, we are we are a um a, a good team, we are a great team and we actually want to push the team forward. What what Conte is is a serial winner. What he doesn't take is serial losers. And mm. that's where we we march if if we if we come seventh, like Kate said, if we come seventh this season he will not stick around. No chance. He will get hundreds of offers to be to to go to other clubs with with different um, uh, obviously obviously 
visions moving forwards, I think we'll be fifth this season. You're going with fifth? <laughs> I said fifth about four or five weeks ago as well. Yeah. Do, do you know what, though, Rich? When, when you think about the summer um, and you think, um, and we all hope as Spurs fans, it is going to be a very busy summer and we bring in you real quality now, players. Chris? Sorry, have I disappointed you? <laughs> no. disappointed. Do you know when I said fifth? Do you know when I, when I said fifth, you looked like everything just drained out of your body. You were like... <laughs> I was waiting wait to ask you that question. I, didn't, I thought you were going to dodge the question of where we would finish. That's, that's why. I was a little bit surprised. Um, but, it, you know, if, if we're all expecting a big summer, um, you know, there's one thing challenging for the top four, but then there's another thing challenging, you know, and, and going far in the Champions League. Because, you know, you go back on, and you both mentioned Pochettino on this stream so far. And when you go back to that squad, it's like we had two players for every single position. Well, the squad yeah. is very, very small at the moment. Yeah. So, and, you know, Conte wants you know, that. a big yeah. summer. You, I think the way you're talking about going in the Champions League, it's going to be like... An absolutely huge summer, isn't it? You know, how many players realistically do we have to bring in to, to compete for the league and the Champions League? Well, I if the comments okay. and there was like five, there's some people saying we need five players. We need, yeah, and I, I think we we always say Kane needs a backup. That needs to be priority. We need a backup for Kane. We that need. We cannot go through a season where we're going. Oh, oh. Kane's down, oh, he's injured, has he got to come off? Is he out for a week? Is he out for a month? Is that it? That, we need uh, another centre-back. We need to be looking for successor for Hugo. We need th- those those wing-backs as well. We need to have some real support in those wing-back positions. We need five players. That is my that is my feeling. I um, if, we, if we're in Europe, then we need to have a squad that can play Obviously, twice a week. We, you're not going to get the likes of Harry and Sonny playing at that kind of level if you're playing Champions League and then obviously trying to push for top four as well for season after season. And that, that's the problem. That's the problem is that if you're, if you're getting your, your squad to play 50, 60 games a year, how are they, the, the, their, their intensity, the, the recovery between um, the games is affected. And I don't see that at all. That's why I think this year I'd really like to see him in fourth. I just don't see um I don't see as um with the squad that we've got. I think we might pick up a couple of uh injuries that then affects our performances moving forward. Ten players. <laughs> <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine that, yeah, ten players. And also it depends yeah. on so if, if some of these players come back that from, from loans or that we've bought and then obviously then loan back to the clubs as well. We've obviously got a couple of players that might might come into the squad next year that might have uh that might upskill the squad and also depending on obviously like Ricky said, if Conte's still here. Rich, do you expect Conte to be here until the end of his contract? For for sure, yeah, for sure. I I, I think the three years. I've I always thought that he'd he'd come in for a three year stint like that, like the Mourinho style of of what he he was always kind of portrayed as a, a three or four years kind of, and then he'd jump ship. He didn't last that long with us, um, and that was because of 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 his kind of demeanour and his his aura around the club. It just didn't really match. Um, Conte, somebody that. I, I was surprised he took the job. I, 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 when when we got Nuno, I really wanted Conte, and 
we were, I think we were all kind of passionate about Pochettino and we'd like to see him back mm. at the club. Um, but I think at, that, at the time when the content name was banded about, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that maybe Pochettino coming back so soon wouldn't be a good thing. Maybe a Conte coming in to try and kind of really kind of build up these kind of strong pillars might be a good kind of transition into into Pochettino coming back. My, my my dreams for this for the team and the squad have always been kind of getting back to that the year when we were unbeaten at home, the year yeah. when we kind of really pushed on and players really elevated their performance and every week it was exciting at the lane. That's yeah. where we need to get back and hopefully Conte is part of that new revolution. Ricky, um after today's result and, and after last week's result of the Etihad, I, you know, I, particularly after today, are you getting carried away again? Because most <laughs> of us do this. I, I admit, I, I, I always do it. When Spurs win, I'm like, yeah, we can do this, this, this. And then, of course, the next game, we're like, ah, we're let down again. Are you getting <laughs> carried away? I mean, you know what? Um, you know, you've got to embrace it. When we win, you know, it's been such a topsy-turvy couple of seasons. Do you know what I mean? There's been performances where I've been like, what is going on? We have totally lost our whole identity. Half of these players don't want to even look like they want to play. They don't even look like they want to be on the field, some of them. So, and Tottenham, we've always got drama. We've always got a problem. So when we're winning and, and, and we're in a good place, like, celebrate it. Embrace it. Don't do the thing where it's like, oh, yeah, but it was Leeds and they got beat by... Liverpool six 0 last week, so of course we've got like don't diminish the win, like enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. But at the same time, I think what is really paramount is that you know who said it, Jace, Jace from uh, Last Word on Spurs. He said it. It's like when we when we win, don't get too high, and when we lose, don't get too low. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all about the performances and progression. If we can see that they put everything out there and they lost, all right, fine. I can I don't like it, but I can take it. Do you know what I mean? But it's all about that progression, and and we're starting yeah, to Rick, see. Ricky, you're, you're like me. You do get carried away when we win, of course, and you do get very low when we lose. So we're we're of the course. same. Of course, but yeah, even though I'm saying this, I'm saying it to myself as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm saying it to myself as well, bro. Like you can't help it. But this this is the joy and and the mad madness of being a being a Tottenham fan. Like yeah. this is you know this is it. So, so like I said earlier, it's like we, when we win, we're going to win the league, you know. Uh, and then when we lose, it's like a massive punch in the gut. It's some, it's like we've just got beat up by, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, ten bloody well people or something. You know, you can feel the the, the bruises and the battering all over you. Do you know what I mean? You, it, mm. it, it, it sits with you, and, and it does, and it lingers as well. It doesn't go as quickly as you want it to. You can forget, and you can try and distract yourself by doing something else, but it's still there. It's still there until the next game. So look, it's a, I don't think that it's a bad thing getting carried away, but I'm, as I'm saying to you, and I'm saying it to myself as well, don't get too high when we win, and don't get too low when we lose. As long do as we're you, moving forward. Do you think that all the like leave you out stuff has a has, has an impact on kind of the aura around the club, especially when we do lose the E R E N I C kind of out stuff and. I think it when when that we've all got opinions on that and where the, the way the club needs to move and stuff. But I, I just 
I don't know. Sometimes I feel that like there's we sometimes kind of go really deep with it, and then it massively affects our demeanor around the club. You, you know what, Rich? In in any walk of life, in in, in and especially like you know, you know, I'm an actor, so. The, the one thing that is undeniable, regardless of whatever, is energy, yeah? So if, if I walk into a room, for instance, I'll give you an example. If I walked into the room when I was at EastEnders and, um, you know, Steve McFadden, who plays Phil Mitchell, is sitting there. Now, Steve would get himself, if he's got a player scene, he, he gets himself into like a method state so that he can go into that scene and play the aggression or play the drunk or play whatever he's playing but he will get himself in the zone, right? So when I walk into the room, I haven't even seen him yet, but I can feel that there's some bad energy around. I can feel that there's a tenseness yeah, around. Sure. I can feel that, yeah, and, and, and any walk of life, if you think about it as a kid, when you walked in the room and your dad was upset with you or angry or your mum was, like be, before anybody said anything, you feel the energy. So having the, 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 the kind of energy of Levy out and, and it being really kind of, Enoch out and, and it being down, you bring that into the stadium. So for energy sure. is undeniable and yeah, energy sure. also is very, um, it's very, what is that called? Uh, oh, Scheiser. Uh, it's not addictive, but it's like, it, it transfers from person to person. I can't think of the word right now. Um, damn it. Um, but yeah, so, so people say that in offices that, the um, the thing that destroys an office most of all is is the water cooler gossip and the backstabbing For when sure. you're doing that and then you go back into the into the office and you end up spreading it you know you've given it to Sandra Sandra gives it gives it to Dave Dave gives it to Bob do you know what I mean and it and then the whole office is in this nasty energy and everyone's a little bit upset and everyone just can't wait to get home let's finish the work and go you know and so energy is undeniable so if you're taking that if you're feeling it that deeply and you're taking it into the stadium of course it's going to be transferred transferred was the word i was looking for <laughs> of course it's going to be transferred of course it is of course it is and that's no. why that's why Kant is so good because literally you know what's on at the end of his tongue he's telling you he's giving you that kind of it's, it, you know when he's happy you know when he's pissed you know you know when he's really disappointed that things haven't worked out and that's, I think that's what we need. Well, I said it on a video earlier. You know, when Spurs were 1-0 up, 2-0 up, 3-0 up, even 4-0 up, he was still barking instructions. He's still demanding 110%. And that's what I love about our manager. And the energy, like you say, Ricky, the energy, you know, everyone around him, they must be giving, you know, 100%. And I just think sometimes when these players haven't performed, um, you know, is Antonio Conte asking too much of them? Are they limited? Um, you know, do they have limitations? in that they are trying for him, but they just simply are not delivering. Do you, do you think that is the case? No, I don't think that's the case. I, I think that there, it, Conte, again, you called him the conductor for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Not only did he conduct the crowd when he first turned up and get us on side, um, but he, he does that and he demands um, that from his players. And I think for too long, we've, we've lowered the bar for Tottenham because we've seen them dropping off. We've lowered the bar to what? Contagious. All right, fine. That was the word. <laughs> yes, that Marcus. That was the word. Marcus, you are the man, bruv. <laughs> um, we, we, we did also have a comment saying, did you know it was an away game today? I saw that, but I tried to ignore it. Chris. Thanks <laughs> did very you much. Turn up at the... <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> but um, no, I think I think the bar has been. Uh, you know, we keep lowering the bar of success uh, for Tottenham because we've been kind of used to seeing what we've seen over the last two, three seasons. Conte has risen that bar back up to kind of go. No, 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 no. Just because you got you won. 3-0 at half-time doesn't mean that you've got to stop working. Just because it's 4-0 doesn't mean that I'm going to stop demanding. He demanded so much today that he got a yellow card. He got yellow yep. carded today. And that was, yep, I think that, that was at 3-0 or 4-0. Do you know what I mean? So yep. you've got to live up to his standards now. And I think it's only a positive thing that he's risen the bar that high so he can tell these boys that just because you've you, you done a good cross or you played, a, 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 you know, a, you had a good five minutes, that's not enough. That is not enough. You've got to do it for the 90, 96 minutes, 99 minutes. Do you know what I mean? That you're on that field. You've got you've got to keep that bar that high. So I don't think it's a negative at all. Just before we uh, talk about the Middlesbrough game in the FA Cup uh, taking place on Tuesday and Tottenham's next four Premier League games in the month of March, let's come to you first. I just wanted to talk about former Tottenham Hotspur midfielder Christian Eriksen. How fantastic it was to see him back playing in the Premier League today, particularly after what had happened in the summer. Uh, you know, come off uh, the substitutes bench to play against Newcastle at Brentford Stadium today. Oh, that, it was amazing, wasn't it? I mean, it's just after that, after we saw him in the Euros and, and you know, how shocking that is. I think it, it, it's a thing where everybody will remember where they was when they saw it. And yeah. It's just, it's just a great good news story within football. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's been so many tragedies to deal with, the you know, heart attacks and whether it be on the field or in the crowd. And it's good to see something good happen. It's good to see that his career wasn't destroyed by it, and it's good to see that he wanted to come back and not only come back but come back to the Premiership. Do you know what I mean? So. To see him on the field for Brentford, fantastic. fantastic. I'm just also so gives people hope, right? It gives course, people hope bro. that anything's possible, and that's and is an inspiration to other other players, other professionals, other people in life. That whether when you have that kind of adversity in life, that you, it doesn't stop you from doing anything, and you believe that anything's possible. Yeah, not giving up, not giving up at all. You know. So yeah, yeah it was beautiful, bro. It was beautiful. Yeah, incredible to see him back. Um, Rich, let's start with you. Of course, we've got Middlesbrough in the FA Cup fifth round on Tuesday. Middlesbrough away. Uh, now, in the Championship, they are currently eighth. They've played 33. They've won 15, uh, drawn seven and lost 11. They're two points away from the playoffs. In the third round of the FA Cup, they beat Mansfield away 3-2. And in the fourth round, they beat Manchester United away. Uh, after drawing 1-1, they beat them 8-7 on penalties. Now, their league form during February so far... Uh, a 2-2 draw away at QPR, a 4-1 win against Derby, a 2-1 beat away at Bristol City. Uh, they beat uh, West Bromwich Albion in their last game and, of course, they played today, uh, losing 3-2 um, against uh, Barnsley. How do you see this one going? Will Tottenham Hotspur go through to the quarterfinals? Yeah, I think I think we will go through to the quarterfinals and I think it's going to be a tough away day, obviously depending on, on conditions generally. Um and we're going to have to have a lot of resilience. I think I think you're going to have a lot of a lot of players behind the ball, and uh, we're going to have to be quite really patient with the play, um, unless we get a, a quick opening goal. Um, I think obviously at this this stage of the tournament, you have to believe that anything is possible, right? And um, 
not saying that our name's on the cup, but we need to take these opportunities. And uh, I think it's really important to to do that. Um, Middlesbrough are there for the taking. Um, they're not a great team. I just think they work hard. Um, I watched the Man United game with Middlesbrough. They're just stuck in there. And again, like Man United have showed all season, they've been quite wasteful with, with opportunities and chances. And uh, we just need to be clinical like we were today. You know what question's coming, Rich, don't you? <laughs> Is this the year? Is this the year? I've, you know what? Every time I've been on your podcast, is this the year, Rich? <laughs> we'll be sitting here in 20 years' time saying the same thing. <laughs> let's, hope not, let's hope not, Chris. Obviously, sometimes it depends on the, your path to the, the final, doesn't it, as well? Um, and you do need a little bit of luck to, 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 uh, to win the cup, as I say. And, um, yeah, you've got to be in it to win it. Um, we've got a winning manager. So, obviously, I think... Another kind of tick in that box. Uh, let's just kind of get through next week. <laughs> and I know. Then, I, I, and then we're, talk, then we're talking a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was only joking. Ricky, this is going to be a very difficult game. Although Middlesbrough are in the Championship, this is going to be a difficult match, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But you know what? Let us not worry about the opposition. Let the opposition worry about us. Do you know what I mean? As long as we've got our own tactics, our own... <laughs> Our own fire, easy. He's getting another bottle. Um, uh, our, our own what, fire. What, what is it about people on this show keep drinking wine and beer? Is, that, <laughs> is, is this what we've come to? Sometimes, <laughs> listen. Sometimes you need a drink, bruv. Sometimes you know what I mean. Like whether it's a win or a loss, sometimes you just need a little one. You know, come on. Um, but yeah, let's not worry about them. You know, yes, they're a dangerous side. Yes, they've done well in previous. Um, contagious, you've done it again. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, let, like, let's go out there and worry about ourselves. Let's go, let's go out there and kind of do what we need to do. do you know, you know, whoever comes in, whatever rotation happens, if Doki and Sessignon play again, great, it's another opportunity for them to build on a performance that they gave today. Fantastic, you know, whoever does come into the side, let's say, for instance, he rests Dyer or Romero for Sanchez. Well, let's see what Sanchez has got about himself. You know, let's go out there and 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 go and achieve something. Let's show Conte. Conte's a winner. We've already said it. You know, our, our boy Leo always says it. Serial winner. Like Rich said it today. He's a winner. It's a cup. It's a trophy, and he's gonna want it. So, how much do the boys want it? That's what. That's what we need to see. Show us how much you want it, and we'll go through the rounds one by one. Ricky, what a, that's a very interesting point. How how much does Antonio Conte want to go far in this competition, in your opinion? Because we've been playing games every three or four days. You know, three games this week. It's been a very tough week, although we've got two wins out of three. Um, but we don't play our next game after Middlesbrough, Everton, until the Monday night. So we've got six days to recover. So in your opinion, how strong does Antonio Conte go? Does the likes of Hunmin Son and Harry Kane, do they play in this game against Middlesbrough on Tuesday? I mean, he's already said if Harry's got one leg, he's got to play. So yeah, <laughs> Harry will sure. probably play either which way. But it's an opportunity to give Bergwin a start um, in Sonny's position. You know, um, it's an opportunity for maybe Lucas to come back in, um, to give Kulisevsky a little rest. But do you know what? It, it, it's, it's Conte. He's a winner. But is it about gonna, giving he's... players opportunities or is it about just going really strong to just go through? He probably will. He probably... Chris, do we have five substitutes in this FA Cup game? I think you know? 
Well, if he's got five substitutes, then he can start with, with, with the strongest team. The, the team, you know, that he would start, you know, he started against Leeds and Man City. He could start with the strongest team and then he's got five subs once we're 3-0 up or something like that. So he's got five subs to bring people in and give them minutes and give them an opportunity. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? And, and with that period of time, like you say, recovery time and training time until the Everton game, he, he can feel free to do that. I, I, I didn't clock that Everton was on the Monday. Um, <laughs> I, I'm waiting for a sat-nav joke to uh, comment. That's a home. That. <laughs> uh, I knew it. I knew it was coming. I could feel it in my chest. Do, um, do, do you know, that, that question I asked earlier, do you get carried away? Richard, did you notice that Ricky said, when we're 3-0 up? You see? <laughs> This is exactly what I mean. Uh, I love it. I love my team, bruv. I love my team. I love it. You know what I mean? I think the interesting love you, love thing is that... Out the window. Go on. I Sorry, think the interesting Chris. thing is that, obviously, because of the, the Burnley game, Conte might actually go, actually, if the conditions are crap in uh, Middlesbrough, he might play slightly different. I think he might just uh, mix it up a little bit. But um, I think it'd be one or two changes at the most. It'd be as strong as we can. I think de- defensively, very similar to what we've got today. Maybe uh, Reggio might come in. Um, mm. But I think it'd be um, it'd be a strong team. And um, hopefully, like Ricky, by half-time, the game's done and dusted and then we can kind of blood some players in the, in the second half. Well, Ricky, Leo is watching and said, uh, I think you'll play strongest team. We have six days until the next game. So, uh, you know, personally, I hope that we do go strong just to go through to the next round and then, uh, you know, sure. bring on a number of subs and, and change it, you know, when we're one or two goals up, Rick. Um, why not? Now, why not? And, and you know what, Leo, Leo, the other day, he was WhatsApping me, Chris, uh, after the Burnley game, and he was like, do you see what your team has done to me? And I'm like, yo, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. I'm like, it's our team, bruv. It's our team. Don't do that. Don't do that. And he's like, nah, bruv, it's your team. Do you see what your team's done to me, bruv? Like, I was like, no, bruv, come on. I'm like, win, lose, or draw, Leo. Win, lose, or draw, bruv. Come on, you Spurs. Exactly. Now, when we talk about consistency and we talk about league positions, now, during the month of March, we do have a very tough March coming up because all of these teams, well, apart from Everton, Everton home, then we've got Manchester United away, Brighton away, West Ham at home. Now, if we want any chance of European football next season, we have to be consistent through the month month of March, particularly against Man United, Brighton and West Ham, because these are teams all around us. Um, Ricky, out of those four games, a possible 12 points, how many points do you think we'll pick up? 12. 12, Chris. <laughs> Listen, what a silly question. Because, because I don't get carried away, I'm just going to answer it truthfully. Tw- all of them. All of them, Chris. No, it's it's week by week, bro. It's week by week. And as long as we, like, the next game that comes, Middlesbrough, all right, cool. Let's knock them out of the way. Then we've got Everton. And as long as we take it week by week, instead of looking long term, instead of looking at the mountain from the bottom up, you're just looking at the, the, the pieces of rock in front of you. That little square piece, you know, climbers will say that. Just concentrate on that square and keep going. And that's what we need to do. We just need to concentrate on that square and then we'll reach the summit. No problem. Richard, can you give me a, uh, a bit more Not of a balance view on this? No, no way, 12. <laughs> Ricky, what's in that water, man? What are you drinking? <laughs> what is in that? That's, you've got some special thing going in there. It's the... <laughs> It's it's the four goals uh, from today's game, brother. It's, it's the way That's it, is. it mate. I don't know whether you saw earlier, Ricky. Some someone actually put that you should be, uh, you know, Mister Motivator in Antonio Conte's. 
Just get the leotard. Cool. That's it. Give me a call. Chris, tell him, tell him I'm uh, ready and available, all right? <laughs> you know, just give me a call. Well, you, you did tell me that we would win 3-2 at City, so perhaps I should start believing you a little bit more. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Richard, um, out of possible 12 points against these teams, <laughs> yeah. I think we'll play good I was trying to think there. I was trying to... I, 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 yeah, I, I think probably 10, I think. I think we're going to get... I yeah, I think we're gonna get ten points. Um, I don't. I, I'd like to think that we'd we'd get something out of the Man United and the West Ham games, um, and the other ones. Yeah, you'd expect a, a. I can see. I can see we're going on a bit of a run. I can actually see that. I can. Um, but we're gonna to have to be kind of patient with the games, and some of the games we're gonna to have to win one nil, and it's gonna be kind of. Like the Watford game uh, when we nicked it uh, in the last couple of minutes, and if you notice with um, how, because obviously Conte's elevated the performance and the uh, the work rate of the team, we've been so much better in the last ten minutes of the games, and still creating a lot of chances around the ninety-minute mark. So I think we're going to nick a couple of games in the ninetieth minute, maybe draws or, or, or wins, and I'd probably say ten points. I like to think yeah. that Yeah, you both have got carried away, I think, after today's win. <laughs> yeah. I Five, hope you're right. Then. Five. I hope you're right. <laughs> Five. Yeah, I think we need chat for a bit more balance. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, well, let's hope that we do and climb up that Premier League table because we definitely need a good European spot, i.e. Champions League football. Wouldn't that be fantastic? And Antonio Conte... Uh, staying and we have a fantastic summer. Let's let's hope and believe that all this is going to happen. Um, Richard and Ricky, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Richard, um, I take it that Hunted is still on the TV. I've been watched the whole series, so oh, I take it it's still on. Yeah, it's still on. Yeah, we're in week. Um, I think we're in week maybe four, week five at the moment. So yeah, still I'm still in the actual series, still flying around the UK. Um, yeah, that's that's been something that's uh, been like a bane of my life. Everybody's been asking because we filmed it in uh, November. I was in London the other day doing some some work in uh, in Westminster with some MPs around uh, general fitness and sport, and about six or seven people were like, "Oh, are you still on the run?" I'm like, "No, because that was in November." <laughs> this is TV, TV and reality. Apart from if it's reality TV. <laughs> TV and reality are completely different. No, so it's it's a good show to be involved in. Nice opportunity, but um, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, it's all done. So um, as as far as uh, the next couple of weeks, just back in training, and then um, Boston Marathon April, um, and then just back on the track. Well, actually, Richard, I'm going to bring up uh, the London Marathon. I'll, I'll be doing it in October. Uh, the See? London Marathon. So I, I want some advice from you. What what advice would you give me? Don't do it. No, I've, I've, actually, <laughs> I've, I've actually I've actually noticed you're looking a bit lean as well, Chris. Have you noticed? He's like, I think he's like he's not drinking. He's it's not just a haircut, a bit better. Rich. I know. I'm I'm noticing. It's a new it's a new man. You'll be getting a bit Good. more attention, Chris. You got to do it all properly, haven't you? <laughs> you haven't. I'm, on, I'm on the salads. I'm out running every day. I'm on the cycling machine. It's yeah, it's all happening. Make just make sure when you go out for a run, you've got a smile on your face. You've got good 
running attire, so no crazy Mr. Motivator stuff. Don't be going out dressed as like uh, an elf or like Mr. Blobby <laughs> or something. Make sure, make sure you've got good running attire. And um, obviously, it's for prostate cancer, right? It is, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's obviously an awesome cause. Um, when when you're obviously out and it's really tough. Uh, just think about the people that you're helping and obviously the awareness that you're also raising as well. So well done, Chris. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rich. And uh, Ricky, tell everyone uh, what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, bro, I'm auditioning, trying to keep myself busy. But before we before we jump into all the, my madness, Chris, I just wanted to know something, bro. I just wanted to know, if I wanted to like, you know, like let's say I missed the show today and I, I wanted to like maybe listen to it on a podcast, you know, maybe on a train or something. Is, is that a possibility, Chris? Is that, can, can I do that? It is, it is. It, oh, we, is we, it? But so many people messaged me actually in the last, what, couple of months and said, can I listen to these shows um, on an audio platform and I was like no it's just only available on YouTube and the amount of requests that we have had so I've now put it onto audio platform so it is now available on the likes of Spotify and Amazon Music and lots of other audio platforms so yes it is available thank you for that plug Rick, Ricky <laughs> I, just, I just you know because I'm, I'm going to listen back to the show tomorrow and I, you know but I've got a long journey so I needed to I couldn't watch it you know so it's great for you to uh, <laughs> let me know that I can get it where was it audio boom and everywhere do, do, you find you your know, podcast Ricky, I think is that where it was when I'm- when I'm doing all my training for the marathon now, I think I need uh, like a, a motivational speaker, someone like yourself, telling me what I should be doing. Can you, can you record you something? Know, bro? Of course, no drama, no drama at all. I'll make that happen for you, bruv. No drama at all. We'll make that happen, my friend. Ricky, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Ricky J Norwood. Uh, on Instagram, it's official Ricky Norwood. And um, yeah, and you'll probably find me on the podcast real, real soon. So again, always a pleasure, always an honour being on, my friend. Really enjoyed this evening and can't wait to the next one. Come on, you Spurs. Richard, Ricky, thanks so much for your time this evening. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed talking about tonight's, uh, well, today's 4-0 win at Leeds United. Let's hope that this winning run can continue um, against Middlesbrough in the FA Cup on Tuesday. And let's hope that Antonio Conte can be successful during his managerial spell at the club. Until Tuesday, um, I will see you on uh, the next Spurs chat video. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7, with supplies and solutions for every industry, and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 